Three, two, one. Hi, and welcome to Tangent Never After, the podcast about storytelling. My name is Lucas, and I'm still waiting on X-ray results. Joining me today is... I'm the Mexican trainer, and I train Mexicans to feel good about themselves and get fit. Yes, yes, he is um, the Mexican trainer. Um, why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Okay, so like I said, I'm the Mexican trainer. I, I tend to work with uh, Mexicans if it is not obvious in my name. Uh, I also am working a lot in the creative sphere lately. Uh, I'm not a creative myself, but a lot of the people who I work with and help them to reach their fitness goals, um, who I've been helping the past like five years or so, have all been creatives, uh, including Lucas here, who's done a lot of things I know. I know you've done some paintings, some drawings. I've seen you do... Uh, and it, it, like honestly, like the amount of stuff that I've seen you do, or j- just the type of stuff that I've seen you do, is I, I, it, it just amazes me uh, on a personal level because it's it, it, it's, it's it's like it's, in some ways, like people might say it's like it's not detailed enough, it doesn't look realistic, but also the, it's just that it's not that's not always like the the thing you have to do, you know, uh, because it's this the way you go about it sometimes is the colors. Sometimes it's like, well, you reuse old pictures and then chop it up and make a whole new picture out of that, which is always cool to watch happen. Oh, oh wow. Thank you so much. Um, uh, wow. I am a little speechless. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're welcome. I, I wanted to ask you, though, um, when it comes to, like, when you're creating art, what is, like, the biggest challenge for you physically to get it, be able to get it done? Um, there are multiple challenges, um, like there's mundane challenges and then there's like um and then there's like the artistic process challenge like um one of my issues is uh like a mundane issue is obviously my two dogs and um they're in desperate need for not desperate need for attention but they like their attention they know that's easy to get my attention well, to they're get desperate things. they're so desperate those dogs every <laughs> i when i i have two dogs myself and i know they will not stop rolling over on top of you if you go down to do a push-up. They will just roll over on top of you and won't leave you alone until you kick them out of the house. I know, and I I technically can't kick one of my dogs out of the house, but um, I do try to do things as fast as I can, as I can before they wake up. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I, 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 um, so when my dog was younger, I would close my bedroom door when I needed to be alone. And she would come up and like push against the door, and she got to the point where she could just push the door open with the, like she never had to touch the knob. So she come in. If I close the door like even a little bit, she'll come in, boom, and it's loud. You hear the door open, it swings right, o- you know, swings open. You know, I could be in there, you know, changing or something or whatever. And she's like, boom, I gotta see this, like the, the like the helicopter parent that she is. I know uh, one of them. <laughs> One of them kind of does this thing that cats normally do. It's like, he needs to be in the restroom with me. And was like, uh, I gotta do. You can't be in here. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's just, it's like, you can't, be, you can't be doing anything alone when you have a dog. Like, they have to be around you 24-7, 365 until the day they die. Right, and, uh, and, a, and a... <laughs> that's a depressing ending to the topic of dogs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sorry, um, but I hope um, that doesn't uh, affect anyone. I've I've recently lost my own pet, um, so oh. I'm I'm re- I'm right there with you. So right, and um, I um, 
when I got my first booster shot, um, the pre the following day, I was just like very very sad and like the like on the verge of silent crying sad. And like my main thought was, how much longer do I have with my older dog? <laughs> that is a sad thought. Wow, that well, <laughs> yeah, that booster shot. <laughs> yeah, that it's 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 odd that that that's what prompted that thought but i guess in a way it's health so i can see i can kind of see maybe where you're coming from yeah um so new podcast dog talk we talk about dogs and our feelings towards them and how we don't deserve their love (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're 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 loyal as heck and i'm i'm gonna miss my dog actually have a um i have an imprint of her paw uh that i'm keeping with me until I pass away, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna bury myself with it. Oh, so I'm, wow. I'm keeping this with me for the next eighty, ninety, whatever, how many years I have left. Um, what I'm gonna do is, and I still need to get a uh, her paw print. Is that after my and Frodo pass, I'm gonna get their paw prints tattooed on my arms. So, <laughs> sorry. Oh, that's added. nice too. <laughs> um, she well, I, they gave it to me when, like, when we had to go take her to pee you know, put down, they, they actually gave, like, hey, do you want this imprint? I'm like, yes, I do. I don't care if it's $30. Give me the nicest thing that you have. And we got an urn for her, which was, like, I think $300. The paw print was $30, and um, I think we got something else, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah, but you did something similar with my cat Um, when my dad had to put her down, like, we got it. It was about $400 to get her... Um put down and cremated and put it inside the urn i i regret that i did not get to do that plan because i was gonna i'm like picking different spots on my body to get these tattoos so it's not too distracting <laughs> yeah um i want to also get some tattoos but they're gonna be azteca tattoos mm. uh the more traditional looking artwork not like the fancy like how you see like in a low rider probably like very realistic like i want like the more traditional, like, this looks like they probably would have carved it in stone, but it'll be on my body. That's a cut. Uh, I, I grew up with very religious parents, and I'm just like, you better never get tattoos, or we will beat you. And I'm like, okay, no tattoos. <laughs> just, to, just put it on, just put it where the, somewhere they won't see right, right away, and then, then they'll never know. Well, that, and, like, I'm just, like, the kind of person who, um... When I see people with tattoos, like, I get very distracted easily, so I'm just like, I don't want to distract myself, so, like, I've already selected parts where it's just, like, it will, will not be noticeable too often. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I, I I guess that's some advantage that people have when they work in a creative sphere or in me, for example. I could put tattoos on me, and sometimes it's actually a benefit because it helps you stand out. Right, and, like, um, like for me, I... I this is kind of the tattoo thing is like a recent dis- decision for me it's just like okay because i never really wanted one because um, i am too scared of pain um it's right i never got my ears pierced <laughs> oh yeah yeah it does hurt I, I do have i've got a a botched tattoo job luckily it wasn't huge but uh it was it, it it can be painful but you know it's like you can just grit your teeth and you know make, make your way through it it's not super painful but it's kind of it kind of is i'm hoping it's not as painful as getting a tooth extracted because it wasn't painful because I was under anesthesia, but it was a horrifying experience. And um, so I distracted myself with uh, the rosary and reciting Ailey Wong stand up to myself in my head. 
<laughs> the what, one reason I know that they like to put you under because they don't have to look into your eyes as they're doing like you know in their in your mouth and doing all this drilling and stuff like that. Right, and like um, for whatever reason, whenever I'm at the dentist, so I have gotten to the age where I need my glasses to function in general. And so for whatever reason, when I'm at the dentist, all of my senses are enhanced significantly. So I have to take off my glasses so they don't see in a little reflective thing what's going on in my mouth in detail in HD 4K. (laughs) (laughs) At a 60-inch flat screen. Yeah, all of that. It's like, where are the bonus features? (laughs) Bonus features need to come back. I don't... I mean, I know a lot of... Actually, I think what's going to happen is, like, Blu-ray and DVD... DVD's already been out for a while, but Blu-ray's going to be going out, and streaming is taking over, because it's already... It's actually already going there since the... I've seen Sonic Adventure 2 is already on Paramount+. Plus. Um, the Batman is on HBO Max already. It's it's all it's all on there already. Like, the, the, instead of going to the movie store, like, you're just going to be going to the streaming sites now. Well, it's like maybe a month in the movies and then straight to Blu-ray. I mean, not straight to Blu-ray, straight to digital, and then, like, two weeks later, Blu-ray release. And it's kind of interesting because, like, when I was a kid, a movie would be in the theaters for about four mo- two months in regular movies, two months in dollar movies, and then DVD release. And then it went down mm-hmm. to about two months in theaters, Blu-ray release, and DVD release. And now it's, I think this is also because of pandemic that it's about two weeks in theaters and then uh, digital download and then um, Blu-ray, digital, DVD, etc. Yeah, it's it's kind of, I mean, when I was, because I watched Batman, uh, the Batman, like the new Batman the other day, actually last night I think. Um, and it was came out so quickly on there compared to like previous movies that Warner Brothers came out with before the pandemic hit right. that I was like this is basically the, like the same business model as having a blockbuster except there's no middleman now it's just going well we have our streaming site and that's where we're going to put our new releases after they're done in the theaters and it kind of makes me want to wait for it now instead of like I'm going to go pirate it and break the law Kind of, I don't know. I guess it's not really me breaking the law because I'm only streaming it. Anyways, um, instead of going and pirating it and watching a crappy recording of it from the theater, like I'll just wait a month for like the better quality, it's, and it's be no charge to me because I'm already paying for this everything else they put on there anyway. Right, and um, I am still a movie person. It was one thing I true. It was one activity I truly missed during pandemic. It's like none of my friends want to go to the movies with me because um, a vaccine has yet to come out. <laughs> Um, like I said, uh, easy distractions at home. I prefer going to the movies. Speaking of streaming, today's topic: Stranger Things. <laughs> and oh boy, am I am I got some things to say about that? I am, I am. Uh, so I love I love those theories. Um, from season one to season three, season four, I'm not upset with except the fact that they split it into technically two volumes, but volume two was like two episodes long, and I feel like it could have just been all in one already anyway, because, and then it, it's just like, the the volume one left off in a cliffhanger, like both seasons do, I was like, oh, there's gonna be more, like way more, okay, this is, you know, it's gonna be series finale, I mean, this is the end of everything, and then volume two is like, 
it's it didn't feel like really added anything. Like I felt like they could have just not. I don't know. It felt like I went from cliffhanger and then immediately into another cliffhanger, which kind of left a sour taste in my mouth for the rest of the series. Um, from a marketing and a production standpoint, um, this was originally the final season, so um, I think because they had to stop production right in the middle of the season due to pandemic, and it's like, okay, all these precautions have to be taken, no one can get sick, we have to think of the safety of everyone during this time, and sometime between that, I'm picking my nose a little bit, um, sometime, sometime, blah, sometime between... Kind of drink, don't make me laugh. Uh, sometime between all of that, Netflix said, how about another season? And um, the Russo Brothers, I think it's Russo. Russo? Let me look it up real fast. The Russo Brothers, yeah. The Russo br- Brothers um, uh, were like, okay, we'll do another season. So um, I'm convinced some last minute changes were made in production. <laughs> and so- I, I hope that's what it was because, uh, you know, and. I'm I'm also like a business minded person and since I've been woke to the way things kind of work more um on the business side of things for creativity. Uh I can start giving things more leniency um than I was in the past. But if if that's really what it was, I uh I, I like I said I'd give it a pass. Um but I I and I knew there was gonna be a fourth and a fifth season. Uh, before this fourth season came out, I assumed that like, oh, they're just rolling it all into one, be- like you said, because of the pandemic. I like, oh, so volume two for season four really was going to be season five, but they just you know put it all together because, like you said, but maybe there really was some last minute changes. But the way it season four, the volume two left off, the danger felt more imminent than the previous seasons, uh, than than in those seasons because like I think even. In season two, you know, you see the mind flayer is still, he's still there, but it's in the upside down. It doesn't really have a way to get into our reality. It's just, it's, but it's still there. You know, it's there. It's, you don't know when it's going to happen, but you know it's going to happen. Um, in this one, it's like both the upside down and our current reality have kind of like mishmashed together. And at the very end, you see like the danger is, is imminent. And I'm trying not to throw out too many spoilers, but it's like oh, I no, feel like that, it was just don't worry. <laughs> I feel like okay, what I felt like you know once you see like the red thunder and everything happen, I'm like I feel like there's another episode coming, but then there was like it wasn't. So I was like, why leave it off there? It's like it's gonna happen right now. You're showing it to me, but you're like, no, now I gotta wait two more years. Man, it's gotta stay like so, two more years <laughs> yeah it's it's got i hope they look the exact same as they did when they when they come out with that fifth season but it well, is what it is i would have ended it this season just because all the quote-unquote child actors now tower over Venona Ryder, as youth do with their mothers yeah that's that's very true and they they're also um all over 18 they're supposed to be like very early high school like freshman sophomore the the younger cast anyway the younger version of the cast supposed to be that um supposed to be their first year in high school in season four uh although other previous seasons they were still in middle school right well i think there were eighth graders going into high school and i just remember when i subbed and when i was a high schooler it's like you see freshmen they look like children Literally they still look like their children yeah just just kind of taller <laughs> yeah just like... but their faces are very childlike Right, and um, there's like a few 
like one or two kids are just like blam puberty hit them like a bus it's like okay you look like a darn it you have more facial hair than i do um but yeah. you were speaking of like children and the because like the main cast like will mike lucas and um dustin. the other kid dustin I, <laughs> dustin yes thank you so these you know you mentioned them there it, it reminds me of how much uh, and i told you this before in the beginning episode of every season they're always playing dungeons and dragons and then if you watch the season and then go back to that first episode they're describing everything that's about to happen the first episode the demogorgon right they're like yeah here's the the demogorgon blah 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 will is supposed to attack it he he fails right and he ends up going missing he's taken out of the game because his character in the D D session had had, had had lost that fight so he's gone for the rest of season one until the end same thing with season two and three and even season four except who's in charge of the game is i think changes in season three uh and that's you know will actually takes over and starts talking about people being zombies and the whole rest of the town gets taken over by right. the mind flayer mm -hmm. so um i forget about season two exactly what happens um but season four you have the hell fire club now involved and they're talking about like dark wizards a dark wizard pops up all that stuff dark wizards oh dark magician black magician rest in peace he right. creator yeah uh, it's sad um he died i didn't know that happened though. he died snorkeling he it's like wow um you died a pretty cool way I mean if there's any way that i probably would die in a if it's like that would probably be one of the ways where you're most realistically to dive since the snorkel goes up and like water could get in if you just go a little too deep and it's like we well, yeah, get now you got a you know mouthful of water yeah that scares me about snorkeling too like it sounds fun but it's like uh um uh <laughs> yep yep um but one more thing i wanted to mention about the stranger things is uh this is gonna be a long pause here because i forgot what i was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, what you say? This is an old meme. This isn't. What did you say? I I forgot the lyrics of that song. <laughs> um, no, it's actually what did she say? Oh, okay. It, oh. That's the lyrics because she's talking to her lover, whoever. Supposedly, she's suspecting him of cheating or whatever he did cheat. And then he's like, "So what'd she say? What did she say? What'd you say?" She's like interrogating him. Um, but yeah, okay, so. The whole thing about like what's happening in the Dungeons and Dragons and you know that happens uh, in the rest of the series. That's basically like you, it's like the allegory. Like this is all happening in a child's imagination. They're just pretend, make you know, playing pretend, and that's where all of this stuff is coming from. This better not have a Saint Elsewhere ending, where it's just like it's all in the mind of a very highly intelligent, um, possibly spectrum child, spectrum. Um on the spectrum child i am not qualified to cover this <laughs> which spectrum the autism spectrum the yeah. psychosis spectrum i believe it's the, the i believe it's the autism spectrum that the boy was on in saint elsewhere but i'm just like i am not qualified to comment on it <laughs> any further than that I, I have not seen saint elsewhere it's um, an old old uh medical show oh oh yeah um but there is like there's still uh another person in this show who is on a spectrum uh the 
schizoaffective, schizophrenia, psychosis spectrum, I guess you could say. Um, and that would be the character of Eleven, or nice. Jane, or Elle, or whichever name you want to prefer to use. She- Millie Bobby Brown's character. She's, you know, in that area. Um, I call her Eleven just because <laughs> it's easiest for me. Um, I watch a lot of stuff, so sometimes it's like nickname character, nickname character, nickname character. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it's a lot of things. Like, first of all, she went through years of child abuse um, at the hands of government experimentation. And then MK Ultra, pure, yep. And then there's peer pressure, which is never mm-hmm. good for anyone. It's how I ended up reading Twilight. Peer pressure is bad. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know what it, it, sometimes it can be good I watch I, I watch the movies and I actually like the movies despite what everybody says and just because a girl likes it doesn't mean you can't enjoy it too because you're a guy um, I actually do enjoy the books I don't hate them I realize there's a lot of things wrong with them but I, I'm okay with the books uh, movies I'm just like uh, I can never watch them again sober I haven't watched the. I haven't read the books. Watch the books. I guess it's the same thing. <laughs> my mind just goes blank when I'm trying to read, and I forget what I. I my my brain is seeing it and it not really comprehending because I'm paying attention. I I don't know. It's like, do you ever get that where you're reading something and your brain is like kind of reading it, but you're not really taking in anything that you're reading. A few times because I am diagnosed with ADD, so it's like uh, there are a handful of times it's just like, uh, what did I just read? And it stinks because it won't happen with. Actually, it did happen a few times with the Twilight books, but it did happen with um, with like education reading, like textbooks. I'm just like, oh great, I have to read this whole page on the psychology book again. Yeah, I've I'm always been like that. Um, I wonder if I have ADD then. I've always I've been kind of curious, but I don't really trust what the internet says. Like these are the symptoms. Like the, you know, and I've read the DSM, and, and these are symptoms not that people are not. The, the the things that people talk about as being symptoms are not the symptoms that are in the DSM that they use to actually diagnose people. Um, I was diagnosed when I was seven, and I found out when I was 18. Like, I was vaguely aware, but I was like, so what's up with me? And then I was like, oh, this is what I have. Oh, that's why I'm taking meds. I, f- I wonder what those are for. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, no, I never took meds on my dad. Uh, he oh. went to... Um, from my understanding was that he saw that I was also a seven-year-old. So... Right. So it could have just been like, well, he's seven years old. That too. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's a good point. Like, seven-year-olds, they're probably not going to probably pay attention too much. Um, they probably got, uh, you know, they seven-year-olds just want to go outside and play. Yeah, that was my mentality. And um, like I said before, I read books. I have... I would say I have a library, but I found out recently that you need at least either 1,000 or 10,000 books to officially have a library. I'm just like, well, TikTok, book talk. <sighs> um, that sounds like... I mean, does the size really matter? Because there's, like, obviously the Library of Alexandria, but then that's a giant library with thousands of years of information in it. And then you have like your public library, which is probably maybe a couple hundred books, but it's still a library. There's a uh, bunch of books. My friend, Jared, shout out to Jared. Um, I actually suggested I start up an Excel file for, um, 
for my personal library. So like it's probably going to be like, okay, these are the textbooks that I have. These are the YA books that I have. These are the new adult books that I have. This is all the manga that I have. These are all the comics that I have. These are all the smart person books that I have. <laughs> I I want to have I want to read more books. Like there's a lot of um like bestsellers that I you know, like you say for smart people, like the 48 laws of power. Um, there's one that I've read by John Goodman. Shout out to him. He's my business coach um, that I've read. That's a bestseller uh, called Ignite the Fire. Um, and you know, when I'm really like interested and really, really, really like excited about something, like, I can pay attention to it more. But I'm, it, it's like when I stop being excited about it, like even though if I try to force myself to like pay attention, like my mind just wanders. Um, and I I know it's not because I'm lazy because I'm sitting there reading and I'm actually forcing myself. Um, and I don't know if it's how much if I'm just not interested in it or if it's like is that just ADD because I can't focus because it doesn't happen in other areas of my life because I can go to work out I can go to the gym pretty consistently I've been doing it for ten years almost maybe maybe exactly eight but that's still a long time most people don't even get past that get close to that so I don't know. I think it depends on the content that I'm reading. Like, um, I remember before the peer pressure that involves Twilight, um, like, I would just read whatever was there. And then, like, um, I realized that in a post-Twilight, post-Hunger Games life, I'm just like, okay, um, I realized that there is something called different flavors of the same thing. Like, uh, back in 2013, I believe, I tried reading Divergent, and I did not enjoy it, because it's like, this is just, this is just Hunger Games. <laughs> I, you're right, you're right. It's, it's like, they might have just both been inspired by a similar concept, or maybe, like, they knew each other, and like, hey, here's a great story, and then there's, like, they both just went off their separate ways and made the same thing around the same time. I, I just wish I had been... And even now, I'm just like, I want to get my own personal stuff published, but I'm just like, uh... First, I want to do a proofread and make sure things are coherent and I don't use the wrong there. <laughs> I mean, if you have a publisher, I'm sure they'll probably go over that stuff with you. I don't know the exact details. Yeah, I can, I'll, you know, I'll just point you, because I know a bunch of writers I can just point you to that have published stuff before, and I'll just, I'll just, I'll just hand you over to them and you can ask them questions. Oh, okay, that sounds awesome. Um, we can talk about that after this. Uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, but like, um, for me, with reading, it's just I got to get something I'm super into. Um, I know one story a friend recommended to me was um, Fa, uh, Love Story, where it's just like, um, I don't relate to, to it a little too much in terms of one of the characters who's an artist, but it's like, I can't let my parents know that I want to be an artist because they want me to go to MIT. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah yeah that know. that worked out well for you <laughs> oh no mit was not my goal but it's just like i can't let my parents know that i want to be an artist <laughs> i mean yeah I, I i feel like in some regards artistry can be self-taught where like things at mit probably can't because that's based off of hundreds of years of of well it's also constantly changing too that information Right, and um, I think the issue, like, the main problem with the book is, like, the parents wanting to make sure their child is going to be financially secure and won't be out on the streets because they pursued their dream rather than pursuing, um, pursuing, 
stability. Career. That, yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Um, and I kind of feel like that sometimes as well. Like, this, like you're going to feel that regardless because, and then as a parent, you kind of don't want your kid to feel like that and you also want them to get the hell out of your house. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, it, it, it depends what kind of household you, you grew up in, where, what kind of parents and how they're going to raise you, and how they feel about how the youth, you know, those type of things. But the, the underlying thing is, like, they want you to be successful. Right. And, regardless uh, of what kind of parent you have. It's true. Like, um, all, like, most parents don't want their child to struggle the same way they did. Right. And kind of going back to the Stranger Things, like, the way... Uh, and you can see this play out in real time from Will and Will's mom from the time he went missing to... You know, all the way up until season four, she kind of re- like replace repeats the same pattern of character development in every season, where she's worried about someone, and it, it like it mirrors like every single season. She's worried about them, and she wants to keep them safe, and she she does everything she can from season one all the way through season four to you know accomplish that. And she repeats that same arc. And I'm not I'm not saying that as a complaint. It might sound like that, but she does that every single season. In season one, she was worried about her missing son, Will. Did all this stuff, like, I can communicate with him, blah, blah, blah. She kind of seems like she's crazy and schizophrenic. I can communicate with him through the lights, you know. And she finds him, actually, you know, she wasn't crazy. And in season two, I don't really remember that one, what she did, but I know it's something similar. Season three, that was more focused on Eleven. And season four, that one was was focused on uh, the sheriff, What's his face? I forget. I forget Hopper. the character's name. Hopper. Hopper yeah. Uh, season two. It was kind of like a continuation of season one, where she wants to protect her child. She wants to help her child. She sees her child is suffering. And it's like, yeah, that's yes, that's in- right. Yeah. Her maternal instinct is to I want to protect my child because I love my child, and um, I'm gonna say this: Winona Ryder. I mean, uh, Joyce and Will need to make it out of this series alive, or I will end anything associated with Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't. I don't see them going anywhere. Um, the the thing about Will, though, I've ever since season two, he's kind of been awful, like kind of like a mirror to Eleven, where they both kind of had this experience with the upside down, and. They were, you know, Eleven's the super-powered version, and Will is not, where he's kind of... And that's kind of what makes him kind of feel like an outsider a lot. And, you know, like you said, uh, his mom being the helicopter parent since all that trauma and kind of doesn't help because he's already going through emotional distress, and now she's, like, you know, pressing him all this time. Um, and, yeah, so... There, there were mirrors of each other, and that kind of came to a head in season four, where now they're both they're both depowered, um, and there really wasn't much made out of that. I thought it would kind of be like, I thought Will would like for some reason get some powers because you can kind of see where uh, even uh, Max was she was getting headaches. I thought she might even have some powers, but it looked like they're going to stick to keeping Eleven being the only super powered person in the series. Of, among the main cast of characters, well, besides uh, number eight, but she's not really the main cast. I hope they, I hope number eight and her gang like come back because I found out about a month ago that that whole episode is a backdoor pilot for a spinoff, and I was like, oh, I really want. Hey, I, I liked her a lot, and it. it um, I liked her coat. I want that coat. 
That was a cool coat too. Yeah, it was very like it was very like late eighties, early nineties. Um, reminds me of like the Ninja Turtles the movie. Remember the first one where it was like the they used the the suits oh, and yeah. uh, I think yeah, Raphael went out on his own. He was wearing a suit like that. It wasn't leather like hers, but he was wearing like a trench coat when it was uh, beige, I think. What what you call it? It was actually um, I can't recall the name of the material, but like it was a very it was a faux leather outfit for um, made out of a cheaper material for people that just wanted to wear leather but could not afford leather. And um, fur leather. is murder. Fur is murder. <laughs> well, it's not fur. It's it's leather. Same thing though. <laughs> where do you think fur comes out of? Mm-hmm. So uh, where is I going with this? Um, I just want to say that I actually like that. Uh, I don't know how much Will and um, his mother know of Eleven and the experiments and how much she is involved with everything that's happened in the plot but it's just like I'm sure that they know because they went to Hawkins lab you know especially to treat Will um Hopper was taking care of of Eleven and you know and this is also kind of shows how they mirror each other because as Hopper was taking care of Eleven Joyce was taking care of Will they kind of that's kind of where their relationship started it's like hey we both had a child that has been through some trauma with this stuff, we can, you know, kind of, and they kind of, we can kind of like build a bond off that. We really don't see that happen, but, it, it, you know, it's it's there, right? You, it's it's there. I know, and like, I just, I just love that Will holds no resentment at all towards Eleven. He's just like, this has all happened. None of this would have happened if you had not done anything, but he still loves his, um, adoptive sister i'm gonna say that she's an adopted sister and uh she is yeah and and like um like he doesn't hold anything against her like he does genuinely love her um or maybe in season four they might pull that out of nowhere i don't think they will because will is not that kind of person (laughs) Uh, i'm still wondering because it's kind of been more of a thing in like season three and four of like will might possibly be gay um and i wonder if they're kind of pulling that out of because he's been like the the stranger among the strange group right so he's even stranger and feels more disconnected from the rest of even among his peers um and they kind of hint at it a little bit more heavily when he shows the painting that he made for for mike and then he's like yeah 11 made me do this but we don't really see that happen so maybe he's lying or maybe he's not um and then he gives it to him and is like yeah she made she wanted me to make this for you so i did and uh, Eleven said that actually I might be wrong because I remember Eleven in the earlier in the season said that that Will was making a painting for Mike but didn't tell yeah Eleven yeah. what it was yeah, yeah so and then it, so after he anyways I'm gonna finish this thought and I'll let you go um but I, you know yeah so anyway to finish my thought when after Will gives that painting to Mike that he lied about saying that Eleven made him yeah Eleven commissioned it and he actually you know he actually just made that himself because Eleven admitted that yeah I didn't he's painting something for you but I have no idea what it is Um, like that's something I noticed in watching it's like wait a second in her little intro she said that Will was keeping a secret she didn't say anything about asking him to do anything right exactly and as much as Eleven was lying she was only lying about her experiences in regards to how uh, 
she was doing among her friends because she was embarrassed and she wanted to look good for for mike even though mike's a loser you know he kind of brings this up like yeah i'm not the most popular guy either you know you don't have to worry about you know being you know uh, uh embarrassed or feel like belittled or you know like a little or feel little in front of me because you know i'm right there with you and that's kind of a sweet thing you know I, th I think between the two of them because i think we've all been there we kind of feel like we're not the popular one of the group <laughs> and not so much the popular one, but I was just like, I remember I would lie to my parents about um, harassment and stuff in high school just so that they wouldn't worry. And I was just like, oh, God, I wish I could get a GED <laughs> or the high school yeah. um, exam type of deal. Yeah. So Eleven was never, you know, Eleven wouldn't lie about what she, what she was getting uh, Will to do for him because that's like a cool thing. Like she wouldn't feel embarrassed or, or anything about that because it's, it's that's a that's better on her image, I think, than was that was happening with her among schoolmates um and then after, after will gives that to to that painting to mike finally uh and will has lied about the the creation of it he starts he turns away from you know and hides his, that he's crying um so I'm, I'm wondering if he was doing like so we don't know really know the reason why he made that but it could be interpreted that he made it as a gift to him as like to show the love because he put a heart on that shield that was supposed to be Mike. Right. And uh it's very open ended in my opinion. Like um like they've they've been very like to me I did not think Will was um LGBT until this season just because uh just because when you're a kid like it's very easy to um as an insult call someone gay, fag or anything and just use it as an insult rather than there being any actual uh substance. substance to it and so like i was just very is is he really um and like i thought it was strange because like they actually also asked um the child actor that plays will i can't look him up right now but um they asked the actor about it. it's like whoa 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 you're asking a very serious question to someone who may or may not have an answer but it's like um Let's let's leave kids out of interviews. Let's leave kids out of interviews. <laughs> right. I don't. I, but they're all over eighteen. I think even in season three, they were still over eighteen. I might be wrong about that. I'm um, not sure about that either. Like now, it's fair game. You can ask them whatever you want. But it's just like um, I believe right. season one, like they were still under fifteen. So I was just like, uh, I don't feel comfortable yeah. with people doing that. Yeah. To kids. Exactly. The characters are still underage, but they they themselves, the actors, are over eighteen. It, and it was always been something weird. I think with the whole up with you know season one through three there was like a slight like kind of under overtones of pedophilia um and you can kind of see that in season three when it with um with billy when he starts being a lifeguard at the public pool and he's flirting with the with mike with mike uh wheeler's mom there. right yeah and it's not said explicitly that like yeah he's graduated high school he gets in because when we first met Billy in season two, he was in high school. We didn't see him graduate. We didn't know we had no idea, so it could be inferred that he's still underage at this point. Which I thought, you know, besides the other things in it, like this is, you know, this is getting crazy. Yeah, and uh, it's so scary to think that she was almost like because it's kind of strange to me that yeah. inside of Nancy and Mike, um, the whole they're the Wheeler family, right? Yeah, the Wheeler family. 
is unaware of what the kids do. <laughs> right, right, yeah, and it's also and it was, and I I hate to say it's because it was fan service, but I know when the first season came out, there were a lot of people saying how cute uh, Eleven was or Millie Bobby Brown was playing the character of Eleven, and some people were saying like that's gross you shouldn't be saying that about a child and i'm like you know what you're right you you probably should be saying that about it because the way they were talking about it was oh you know it's giving off weird vibes so i don't i don't want to say that it was a fan service that they started going heavier with that because i don't know that for sure um but you know it, it's it, it's it, it it feels what am i looking for um it doesn't feel like maybe they're a little bit more disconnected from the reality of what their fans are saying. Yeah, like, I, it could be anything. I don't know. Like, because I never, um, like, a friend and I, because we like eighty stuff, and I was just like, we were looking at some of the clothing. I was like, damn, I really want, uh, I want Jonathan's, um, uh, I want his coat from season one, and I just admitted that I wanted number eight's uh, faux leather jacket from season two. <laughs> Uh-huh. So like there's that yeah. it's just like you could just say oh that's a nice cute dress for 11 and um some people can take it really out of context so I think it just depends. Uh Yeah. Yeah. That's that's one reason I don't want to say like it was definitely because they saw what people were saying like yeah we're going to put that in there cuz we're weird or I you know I didn't like I said I don't know what exactly what's going through their mind. Right. And uh back to I think Will being if he is gay, I think it's an afterthought, and um, it could go either way, in my opinion. It could be a good thing, it could be a bad thing. I just remember feeling very emotional after his um, talk with his with the talk between Jonathan and Will, um, the heart-to-heart they had. It was just like, oh, damn, I'm feeling emotions. I'm feeling emotions now about it still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that was... That's still a like that's another thing that kind of carried over from season three into season four. Like they kind of had that similar fight. They, this time it was more more toned down, and Mike was more kind of adult about it. Um, where he's like, "Yeah, I was kind of a jerk," and this has kind of been a, another thing with Mike, I guess, with Lucas too. But when it came more to Will in season three, it was like, "Yo, like we don't hang out anymore. You you're always hanging out with your girlfriend. Like, what about me? I feel left alone. Um, what's the matter, bro?" And so. You know, Dustin was off at summer camp that time, and Lucas was hanging out with Max as well. But you know, Will went to Mike. He's like, you know, what about us? He's like, you, I know you have a girlfriend, but you know, what about us? And that was kind of this has kind of been like a recurring thing between Will and Mike from season three and four. Um, so I kind of I relate more to Will around that time period just because um, middle school is that area of uh, certain things start to take priority in your mind and I was still like that one friend is like okay are we gonna talk about this anime or are we gonna talk about girls because I'm very invested in Neon Genesis Evangelion thank you very much I didn't I'll be honest like I didn't like a, when I was in high school my high school experience is so weird because I know everybody would probably expects me to be the jock I was never a jock I mean I kind of was but I kind of grew out of it because the school that I went to I had transfer schools um school districts uh when I was about 10 years old and that's kind of where my affinity for fitness came from was when I was a lot younger I was in martial arts I was started weightlifting already um with supervision and there you know then like the people I hung around with were always playing outside there was a basketball court and park behind my house so we were always out there and there was a 
a sand lot down the road from us where we played kickball. So that was it. Was always you no, know, was this it was all around me, and that's how we got together, and that's how we hung out. And then when I transferred schools, nobody did that. Everybody was inside playing video games on their computer. I didn't even have a computer. I was, you know, I was. It was totally different. Um, so I went to school, and I, I just rolled. I just ran over everybody in sports when it came to gym. I joined the football team. I and in practice, I just kind of pushed people over like they were nothing, and. I felt like, and I never. Then I never got to play because I was a new kid, so I didn't, you know. So I just, I just threw the whole thing. You're like, you guys suck, and you don't let me play, so screw this. Right. <laughs> so I just, I didn't want to play anymore. Um, and I probably wouldn't have, and just because of what I seen, I wasn't gonna be like one of the schools that was gonna be scouted out much, either. So, you know, I still had the affinity for it because that's, you know, that's how I got my socialness was from it. But I. I haven't been as connected in sports as I used to be when I was a little kid, but I've still always kept like the weightlifting um, because I don't know, like it makes me feel good about myself, even if everybody else around me doesn't feel like it. And so I've been through like all of these phases where people are like, you you know, you're only doing it if, if you, know, for this reason, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me anymore. Like it, I have been doing this since I was, you know, like five years old or whatever. So it's just who I am now. I have to say that because um, I was in the similar mindset of what it's like, why are we putting this as a priority over what we normally put as priority mentality? And mm-hmm. like um, it evolved into fanfiction.net in high school and uh, my previously mentioned artistic uh, endeavors. <laughs> And then uh-huh. I just remember it was like a huge mental shock that uh, a lot of the stuff that I w- that was frowned upon that I did in high school is like, oh, this is amazing. This is so cool type <laughs> of deal in college. It's like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, you know, that's the kind of stuff I like to hear is like, that's just like a nice good wholesome story like there's no other way i can i can i can put that out there but that's that's awesome dude yeah it, it's uh like that's generally my hope for um for will that not only does he do he and uh he and joy survive this series but he gets to be cool in the future that would probably be a good like way to round out the series like his character and the series for him um, like say he goes off to college like you like you were, and then like his whole life turns around. He's super social. He's you know his girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, maybe both. <laughs> Who knows? What you know? It is what you know. It is the fact that he has people around him who he can connect with, right? And they, he has positive experiences with. I think would be a good way to finish off him as a character because. Through the whole series, he hasn't had that. He's even among his friends, he's kind of like he was. He's, he's he's alienated. He was on he was on equals until the whole incident happened, and then like um, Mike says like this horrible thing you never want to hear from a friend, regardless how close they are. It's just like he, and I don't think he meant it as like a you're a gay type of thing, but he just said it's not my fault you don't like girls, and I think he just meant it as like. It's not my fault that you have gotten to the same mentality as me, or maybe it could have been right. like the whole gay thing. But just is like, ouch! That is because I've right, been in that's... that situation of just like being compared to somebody's like, ow, 
oof, this is hurting more than it should. Right, yeah, that's like, you know, like they even said, like, he he's feeling like the third wheel, and he kind of is the third wheel. It, it, it's, I don't know if there's supposed to be a pun there from the, for the wheelers, but he is the third wheel in, you know, season three and and four, because he doesn't have any connections with anybody else. He doesn't have a girlfriend like everybody else does. He's become more and more alienated as the series goes on. Um, even it's it's a complete 360, not 360, a, a complete 180 from season one. Where every like you said, you know, they had the connection. He felt like part of the group, and then when he miss, miss, goes missing, everybody starts looking for him. There's a whole town is looking for him. And then he comes back traumatized and just doesn't, he's not the same ever since. Right. I actually, um, outside of that one argument, Will doesn't get to do that much during season three, but it's like, that's his vacation season. He gets to rest a little bit. He gets to throw firecrackers at the Mind Slayer and get a little bit of revenge for all of season two. But yeah, that's, that's exactly how I feel. He makes it, he turns everybody to zombies. He's like, this is my D&D campaign. Everybody's going to be zombies. Now you call me a zombie boy? You're the zombies now. Uh, tortures them to death. Yeah, that was that to me, that was awesome. It's like he got, maybe he didn't harm the mind flyer, but he got to get something back at him. And now it's like, oh, shoot. Will's vacation is over. He's, my theory is um, Vecna's going to try possession of Will or try to use him as a human vessel again. I... You know, that's pretty interesting to me because I know it's been Vecna, you know, the kind of recontextualize where the origin of everything is in season, from season four, since season one, um, where Vecna's kind of been the mind behind the mind flayer the whole time. Um, I am upset over that. <laughs> right. It's. And it, 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 as much as I really like Eddie, it kind of makes him, sense for him to exit as well and I know you're also upset about him going away too and I'm upset about it because he had an awesome scene when he's playing that guitar there's all the bats around him you know he's he's like he's like living his dream and this is all like everybody's imagination they're playing out their fantasies and I think that's kind of why they kind of let him go because like this he says at the beginning like this is my last year here I'm going to pass this test and I'm going to go off and this is like this is my this is my um I'm going on a blaze of glory. So he's doing all the things he's ever wanted to do. Kind of like checking off his bucket list, I guess, in a way. And then he's done with high school. He's done, and he's passing the torch of Hellfire on to Mike and uh, Dustin. Right, and uh, gosh, more emotions. Um, I think it's an interesting parallel between uh, between Eddie and uh Steve because Steve was the cool guy and um, I know that Eddie was held back twice already so he they're about the same age right and both of them were never like on the same so-so circle so it's like they still kind of would have ended up in the same spot of working at like let's say scoops or the video rental store or pizza place oh wait that was Jonathan but you're right yeah they well they started off at the at scoops and then they and then they went to the block it was a blockbuster no it's family video we work at now right right and uh somebody posted this meme and uh i don't know the source of this meme but like they want this spinoff of just like robin and steve going to various job various jobs <laughs> in their post high school life that would be a, a cool spinoff to have like every episode is like they're at a different job now and then, <laughs> then like it's just, like by the end of the season like two they're like girls except actually good 
<laughs> right, you're right, exactly. They're, <laughs> they're, they're just trying everything they can, but and then by the end of the season, they're like, should we just go to college and just, you know, stop doing this stupid stuff? I'm like, yeah, we'll just go to college. <laughs> but my impression is that uh, Steve doesn't have money for college. Like, he peaked in high school. <laughs> well, they said in this season that his family is rich, so he's got the money to do it. He just... He just doesn't. He just for some reason he's not doing it. Probably because of him still being a little bit immature. But um, and also this is kind of one reason I don't like season four as much because, <laughs> excuse me, they're. I feel like season four and then season five have kind of been written together and then they're they're filming it separately. Um, season four they kind of show like, well, what's what's Will's older brother's name? Uh, Jonathan. Jonathan, yes. So, you know, Jonathan's off in California, and Nancy's, and, you know, still in this small town, they're trying to have a long-distance relationship. Nancy and... Why can't I remember his name now? Uh, Steve or Jonathan? Steve, yeah. Nancy and Steve are, like, kind of, they're kind of hint at this, like, we should, we're not really wanting to be together, but we really are, but not it's not socially there yet like but they do have feelings for each other and they're showing it like even when they take off steve's shirt she's like oh i remember this blah blah blah, you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so it's there's there's all this like emotional tension and then she sees that steve has grown up a little bit you know he's not the you know he's he's not well he was even when he was a bully he was he did it with like the in his mind he's like you know jonathan's kind of perverted taking pictures of us so you know invading our privacy or whatever um he was kind of doing it because that's his girlfriend and type of way but then he there was also peer pressure yeah there was peer pressure he he's no longer friends with those people anymore he's become a little bit of a babysitter for the kids and he never complained about it until this season but you know he's he's even he's even had a good time like had a good time with Dustin. He's like hey, in season three, the beginning of season season three or season two. He's like Anderson, yeah, heck yeah. And he's just he's just happy to see him. But that's the first time you actually see him. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's kind of like a development of his character because he's supposed to be the the perfect dude. Where it's kind of a he's like this is the first time you see him happy to see someone who's outside of his social circle, right? Right, and. uh I just remember, um, I don't think they show uh, Steve's reaction, but like I remember at the end of season two, like when they're at the Morp, I'm going to call it Morp, I don't know the actual name, and like uh, poor Dustin gets rejected by three girls, and then like he does this very human thing, and we've all, okay, maybe not all of us, but like he does the human thing and begins to cry before Nancy does a pity dance um yeah it's not entirely a pity dance but they don't so steve's reaction but he was like the one that coached dustin is like you're gonna do this this and that you're gonna land a girl Mm -hmm. and then it's like it didn't work right right yeah and it i feel like i know it's supposed to be evolution of characters where they go through changes but i feel like this part of steve was always there um but like you said like peer pressure played a part in what he was actually doing because he was always doing things in the courtesy of someone else but sometimes he was kind of a jerk and that's how people saw him in high school he was a jerk um so he he really was a jerk in in i guess in some ways um but as in season four nancy's like yeah he's been babysitting these people for a while these kids for a while and he's like 
he's kind to them, blah, 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 you know. So she's seen he's grown up a little bit. He doesn't care about, I mean, he still cares about what other people think, but he's not doing it in the douchebag way where he's kind to some people, but then he'll turn around and be jerks to everybody else. Right, and uh, I, I just, I will be sad if Steve dies too. Like, um, I know that I'm, that I'm very focused on Joyce and Will making it out of life, but I really do hope all of the main cast makes it out. Um, I know that, uh, and here's some spoilers. This is a spoiler-infested episode, by the way, people, if you haven't figured that by now. But um, I remember right after the first part of Season 4 came out, uh, Max's actress said that she was a little disappointed that more people didn't die. Yeah, there's a there's a death in every, at least one death in every season. Of an enjoyable character. Um, season 1 was Barb. Yep. She got her justice thanks to a successful Twitter campaign. Um, Did she really though? Because she didn't come back. <laughs> I feel like that's what the that was what this people were aiming for. Uh, from my understanding, is that they wanted when they interviewed Eleven's actress about it that it was about respect for Barb that her character deserved more than just to be. Um, there's a trope called woman in refrigerators where like a uh, let's say I am a superhero my love interest is killed horribly and I use that as motivation to become the better hero and to save right. the day harder than ever that's called the woman refrigerators trope so like um, I think that's what essentially they didn't want to happen to Barb because she was killed and Nancy decided that she was going to take justice into her own hands which she kind of did and like she got um, she got a proper funeral for Barb uh, she took it to court against the company that caused all of this so they were held liable to that uh huh so how does this make Barb more than that the the, the woman in the refrigerator uh it doesn't but um I think they just wanted <laughs> to me it does and it doesn't like uh like I think it's just like um I think what a lot of people thought was like Bob was, Barb was just going to be forgotten about and move on with the story. And it's like, no, she was her friend. She was um, she was alone when she was attacked and kidnapped because um, because her friend was uh, doing the deed with her dude friend. Right. Uh huh. So um, go ahead. I'll let you finish your thought. Oh, you go. You go. You go. I have my mind is splattered everywhere. <laughs> So was Barb's. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there there's a death in every in every uh, season that, like you said, is is you know of a heartwarming character. This season, the first season was Barb. The second season was the stepdad. Was that ah, the season? Yeah, that was he was season Bob. two. No, he was just Bob. his um, boyfriend. Yeah, and he was he was kind of cool because he was the dad that Jonathan and Will didn't have, right? Jonathan was kind of iffy about him, but you can like see where like maybe he can come around and they can you know enjoy some stuff. But Will liked him, and that was good because you know Will was able to connect with them because they both felt like they were the outcasts. Well, Bob, Bob literally he carried Frodo to Mount Doom in the land of Mordor and helped him destroy the Ring of Power, ending his well, it didn't really end of his addiction because he went to relapse of the Ring, but still. He saved the day, twice. Yeah, and 
I guess you can kind of say that in Stranger Things, where they did that when they went to Hawkins' lab, and then, you know, but overwhelmingly, he was killed and overwhelmed. alive horribly. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, maybe you can't say the same thing. I don't know. I, don't, I, never, I never watched Lord of the Ring movies. I never read them. What? They're too damn long, and there's too much talking, and not enough stuff going on for me to be able to stay awake. What? And I... And I've been saying that ever since they came out, and I'm not—I'm not that old. I should be impressed by them when they came out, but I wasn't. Um, oh, I so I—I I can't get down with them. I love Lord of the Rings. Um, bless you. Uh, my dog sneezed. Um, yeah. So uh, I read the. Thank you, Roker. <laughs> uh, so I read the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Once was enough. <laughs> I do like the <laughs> movies. Um. I got my photo taken with the Hobbits last month. Uh, my family now knows how tall they really are. And uh, my dad can rest in peace now. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Glad to hear that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, and then going back to who died. In season three, it was supposed to be Hopper. Um, it was some but nice the... Russian dude whose name I don't even remember. And I forgot his character. Well, yeah, name. yeah, he, he, he died too, but he... I don't feel like there was like a much as much of a connection as we had with Hopper because Hopper we've had for three seasons up until that point, and then he gets vaporized because he's in the same room with everybody else who got vaporized. And they're like, it doesn't matter if he fell over because there's people underneath it. Clear, you know, it's, it was just they got vaporized too, right? So, it, and it was kind of, and they did that kind of to like show you like it didn't matter where he was in the room, he's gone for good, and um, they brought him back anyway because fans were upset. <laughs> Probably, I, think, I don't know. I think they had um, to bring him back anyways, because this was the, almost the last season, so like they had a plan. Something was planned. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I it, I didn't. I felt like there was no way there was, that he should have been able to come back, because the people, the other Russian soldiers that were in the room, that were not in like, the wreck site of that machine when it went off, still died. So, I, so I, I felt like this was like the, the one that we're supposed to remember. Like This is the barb of the season, right? Right. It's the Bob. The Barb. Bob. Bob. Yeah. That would have been. He, a, it, that should have been a constant theme. With like everybody that died had a name start with Beeb, Barb, Bob, uh, Brandon, Wilson, Brandon. <laughs> but uh, there wasn't a Brandon last season, so it wasn't gonna happen. And like this season, it could have been. Uh, nobody. There's ben. nobody there with Ben. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> who's Who's Ben? <laughs> uh, my normal co-host. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, he's gone now, so... <laughs> he, he's he been gone since season two. <laughs> season two? We're barely making it... This is barely getting off of hiatus. <laughs> season, season, season two now, right? So... Season two. Oh, that is correct. So, um, yeah. So, and then this season, like, we were introduced to somebody, Eddie, and he was gone by the end of the season. Right, and like I saw all the signs coming that he was not gonna make it out, and I am still devastated he didn't make it out just because um I liked his music, I like Metallica, I love heavy metal. Um, yeah, that's, that's I I really I really wanted um Steve Junior to die. I don't remember the kid's name, but he was in high school, and he did. They didn't really give much like focus to it, but he like he just showed like when. The like the mindscape area of Vecta kind of opens up and they like so in, his, in, um... in reality, his yeah like they like you show up like it's kind of like an afterthought, but you see it happen like his whole body gets split in half and he's just like ah oh, and that's all you see. And, and I feel like there's I, I want more. 
Like, you see his innards burning up, you see his rib cage, you see his skeletons, like, oh. I, I didn't I didn't notice that, but I really wish there was like like a like a whole like dedicated scene for him to kind of pass away. I felt it would have been so satisfying, but that's not I don't think that's what the show wants to go for. They want you to feel uh I think they're trying they want people to feel like, oh no, this person's gone now. I, I think that's what they're going for more in uh, this show rather than like a sort of like ironic justice, divine justice type of thing where like it's just more like it's more of a tragedy when someone passes rather than, yeah, this person deserved it. Type so, of thing. Um, so with recent events, uh, not just recent events, like events that haven't yet to be resolved, um, and we're not that kind of podcast, we're not going to talk about it beyond this. Um, with recent events, uh, especially with that school in Texas, um, and just how I feel about uh, students and children in any form of danger or in any form of getting any form of harm, I just thought that it was like, okay, this is like my brother thought, oh, awesome, that guy died, he got his blah blah blah. I was like, you're cheering the fact that a minor and essentially still a child got killed, even though he wanted the wrong intentions. And yeah, uh, oof, I made myself sad and emotional. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like this is a TV show. Well, I guess it's not really on TV, but it, it's it's not it's all fiction, right? Hey, it's all fiction, um, like um. But I'm just like, timing was very poor on their part. Like they, even they have a, they had that like yeah at the beginning of season four. Like this, like we didn't know this was gonna happen. This was made well before and any of this was going on. Yeah, well before like it was made during the pandemic when nobody was in school. Right, and, uh, like, they even did the same thing for the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, where it stuck even more, because, like, um, it's right when the youngling Jedi are try- are fleeing for their lives, and, like, some of them, one of them played dead, um, spoiler for Obi-Wan, I was just like, oh my gosh, that's the same tactic of you. Yeah, yep, that, that 4th of July one, yep, that's, but, yeah. that's, and that right there, as, I'm, this is gonna sound really, really stupid coming out of my mouth, but, this is kind of where my mind went. That's because both their parents are gone now. This is the same origin story for Batman. Right. Right. Where both both the parents were gunned down in front of him and then he goes out in the middle of the night and starts beating the shit sorry, uh beating the absolute crap out of everyone committing crime. Right, and and um, it, it's I don't think it's gonna play like that because again it's all fiction and real life is not the same. But um, once again, we're not that kind of podcast. But vote in November, people. Vote okay. for the love of God. <laughs> yes. Um, so horrible segue into another topic. Um, <laughs> it was a terrible topic. Yeah, it's hard. It's a hard topic to talk about. It is. Um, into an even more emotive topic. Uh, Max, um, I like Max. It as as she came out, like she came out alive in this season, but she came out so messed up. I didn't expect that to happen. I thought she was goner. I um, I'm gonna be honest. It was a I did not expect her to be the emotional strength of the season. Um, I will go out and say, and I'm very convinced that uh. Cause she is going through survivor's guilt. She ha- she saw her stepbrother, so that even though she could, did not get along with him, still in a sense loved him, and is going through survivor's guilt, and she can't properly talk about it. And um, 
oh my gosh, the Kate Bush song. It was, um, it took me to a very, this season took me to all kinds of emotional places I never thought I would from the series. And so like, uh, I am very convinced that Vecna is an allegory for suicide and that, um, that moment was her, uh, kind of just understanding that even though she knows she can't change what happened that she still has people that love her and want to protect her and want her to be alive oof emotions <laughs> yeah I never thought about it Vecna as being a metaphor for a suicide I gotta see how he's like a metaphor or at least in somehow plays a part in, in like people dealing with grief um, but I never thought about it like as going that that far into it um because you like you're right she was going through survivor's guilt where she's like yeah you know like you said like i didn't get along with him but at the end of the day he came to my rescue as as as, as bad as he treated me any other time you know it, it is that's gonna leave a mark on you it's like it, it, it if anybody like they abuse you but then they literally risk their life to save your life and they die in the process and you survive like that's going to leave some emotional you know things that you're going to think about and it's going to be hard to process without help uh right. because it's like because like they saved me like but they made me feel like crap any other time and that kind of like all of that that's all you can remember and so it's going to kind of occupy your thoughts for a while yeah like uh like it was a very um it was a heavy moment for me like uh, i had to because with Stranger Things, it's a show where I watch one episode a day, and um, after watch, because I have full-time employment now, it's like, I became one of those people who's like, I gotta finish this in the weekend, I gotta finish this in the weekend. And so, uh, I just remember after episode four, I was like, I had to stop myself and um, reflect about what I had just watched, because uh, um, my own personal emotional um, battles with the time period of early June and for the month of June. Yeah, I, I, I warned you. I warned you. you. I, so I was like, I told you, I told you to wait, and you didn't. I Facebook is the worst. I was just like, nope, I'm not gonna put up with these spoilers. Mm -mm. Yeah, and I tried. I tried to like misinform you about it. Too. I was kind of right in a way where like it looks like the upside down because it's red. I'm like, but the red, the upside down isn't red. So how could you be spoiled? You don't even know what that is. Right, and um, I just remember at the end of the season, I was just very saddened to see that. Uh, we don't know if Max is where her mind is. We don't know if she is uh, if she has any mental um, thought process going on. If she's in a Terry Schiavo situation, or if she is just she just can't be reached and just not mentally there, or if Vecna took her mind or something. I hope it's right. Vecna taking her mind because if she's in a Terry Schiavo situation, I will condemn the franchise to the ends of the earth it's it it's that's kind of interesting because like you say um will kind of like he had a hassle has like a connection because he was in the upside down and he was possessed by the and he kind of every time he goes into that and he comes back out he brings someone with him like he went into the upside down came back he's he had the demogorgon like like he spit it out in the sink then season one Season two, he was possessed by the Mind Flayer. Um, and then season three... Vacay. He, yeah, he went on vacation a little bit. Kind of just like, this is... I'm going to torture everybody for 
tortured me. Uh, and then season four, like he still has those senses with him. Yeah, I can. Um, and I was just a little shocked because I thought that had been severed after season two because he didn't really do anything in season three outside of um, be himself. Yeah, was he kind of like was he still a radar in season three though? I think he was. I think like, that was kind of his thing. I think vaguely. It's been a while since I've seen season three. Um, I'm sorry, people. I'm one of those people that's just like saw the season. We're done. <laughs> yeah, I I kind of I watched like I watched everything up until season four. I like I, I just want to recap, but it's, it's it's also been a month. This is one reason I also don't, I also don't like. I wish you just let me binge it all at once. Well, like, be easier to talk about that way. But like the thing is, like they just like okay, we can take advantage of a Morrow date, which may have been a mistake. If I was um, Netflix, I would have just like we're gonna postpone everything to Fourth of July or two or three weeks because of this horrible incident that happened. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I, 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 I don't know. Um, but besides of that, because I, I want to not really get into that topic. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I, I like when we're going back to Billy, I identified with Billy as a character because I kind of had a similar uh, house uh, environment when I was in high school, mm-hmm. and I kind of I whenever I see characters like that where they have. I got a terrible step parent, or my, you know, I've got a heart, I've got a rough home life, and, and I'm in high school or something like that. I always identify with those characters. It, it, not so much Billy, because I did, I wasn't a bully. Um, I didn't really go out and take my anger on everybody else. I was, you know, upset, and I would visibly show it, but I wouldn't be like, I'm not going to go punch somebody because I'm mad, right? I'm not going to do it like that. Um, but more, I feel more so connected with Chloe from Stranger Things. Or uh, when life is strange before the storm, and that specific version of her, because she has the stepdad who is just from hell, and that's how I felt like with my step parent at home, uh, and it, and it, I know it wasn't just me because other people had met that person. They see exact same things I do. Like, yeah, I see why you're upset now. <laughs> Every single person I talk to has met that person has the exact, exact same thing. Um, but I had to just put up with it for 12 years. Right, um, um, yeah, I, uh, so. Interesting. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't mean to be, this to be a trauma dump, because it's, it's not. Um, but I always identify with characters like that, and I, I'm glad when I do, and I, more, this is for more reason I identify more so with Chloe, because uh, Chloe was physically, oh, sorry, Amber, uh, was it Amber Heard? No, that's someone else. No, that's Amber a real person. Is, Amber Heard is the worst. <laughs> it was Rachel Amber. <laughs> Rachel Amber in in Life is Strange that I also connected with because she was physically detached from her mother, and she and depending on how you play Before the Storm, you may or may not uh, reattach with her uh, in that game, and that's how I was. I I was physically detached from my mother. Uh, very young age before I could remember as well, and that's how that game plays out. Like she didn't game. even know. It's it's my favorite game out of the entire series. I won't even play Life is Strange too because it goes on these tropes that uh, for the Mexicans and it, I don't identify with those at all. Like I, I feel like they just took stereoty- like the usual stereotypes and we're like we're gonna make this into a game, and they kind of do that with like all the games. Speaking I guess, of but I feel... negative stereotypes that people always go into. Uh, <sighs> I did not like the pizza dude. Oh yeah, <laughs> he 
I thought you liked him. Oh, did, wait, hold on. You were you saying you wanted him to pass away and not Eddie, right? Yes, yes. I wanted him to go, not Eddie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I remember now. Yeah, I. It was. He was very much like, "Hey, man, pot, pizza." That was his whole character. Right, and I, then anything, and then everything else out was just him freaking out. Right, like, um, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, I like the Cheech and Chong films, but I'm just like. Really, really, you want you? This TV show has defied many stereotypes, and you want to do this with the sole Mexican he, character? <laughs> he was Cheech and Chong rolled into one. <laughs> rolled into was. one. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe was it intended? I'm gonna go with no. Um, <laughs> but that that, like you said, I, I also enjoy the Cheech and Chong films. I grew up on them before I even got into doing that type of thing. Uh, but I just enjoy it for the, the originality, right? Um, and then everything, and this is kind of what happens every time there's something original that pops off, everybody starts copying it because they see they can make money. And that's the, I understand that because I'm a business mindset. I understand things, how work from a business type of thing. So, like, you, you don't always know what's going to pop off and work. And when you see something, you just, that's really all you can do is just hop on it and, you know, because especially if you have a corporation of there's people that work underneath you, you got to make sure they can keep getting paid and they can feed their families and stuff like that. Which is also why I'm upset all these corporations these days who make record profits, but like, but they won't give their workers raises. I think they should have given their workers raises this year, last year, and the year before, especially during the pandemic when they were making record profits. I know. Somehow, still. Somehow, so. Uh, and I did find out recently that the Pizza Dudes actor did audition to play Eddie, so we were this close to, um... Yeah, having we were this close to losing him. <laughs> having a slightly more positive representation. Not that, um... Because he's a cool character still. Like, I like that he's super chill. That he kind of saved the day, but I'm just like... So, this is what you think of us, Duffer Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Was it the Duffer Brothers? Because I remember, I, remember we, I told you Rufo, Russo Brothers, but Russo, I think those are uh, someone else. Google. Google, what are you going to tell me? Um, it's a Duffer Brothers. Duffer, okay. You're, yeah. S, Jennifer um, things. Yeah. Uh, but like, I remember you sent me that video earlier about like all the things he auditioned for, and they were all Netflix stuff. And I'm like, man, I mean, besides, like you say, the negative representation of things, his career in real life is doing well. Like he's. Oh, yeah. Like, been in multiple projects before. He's been in this project, and he's that's going to be an ongoing thing. He probably is going to have other things going on, and it's cool too because he's not like he's not also like he's not the gangster character. He's able to have this long hair in all the projects he's been in, and I think besides this, the way he's being portrayed now, which is definitely negative, his real life persona, like he's able to just kind of. Be, him, be himself, I guess, in a way where he can have this long hair if he wants to and just not really be the typical person or, you know, the typical stereotype in real, you know, he doesn't have to be that in real life, he's not, you know, he's got this long, you know, hippie-ish hair, um, keeps getting longer, and he just, I don't know, like, it's not, it's not like a lot, like a lot of Mexicans don't do that, I mean, Maybe so if you're not into it, like they kind of do that now. But if and if you don't know, then you know now you know, which I'm sure a lot of people out there don't. Like uh, I had long hair in high school, um, and uh, was, it, of... was it was it as long as his though? Yes, yes, it was. It was it. 
Yeah, it was. Um, but I sounded it very. My dad wouldn't let me do that. <laughs> he's like, "We're cutting your hair." Like if it got underneath, my, like if it got to my chin, he's like, "We're cutting that thing down." Um, I sounded it in a very emo way, not in a very, um, not in the way you'd expect. Like um, I wore very. I went for emo fashions rather than, um, which is funny because it's just like a lot of baggy black clothing rather than like the skinny jeans, the skinny top, the tight ass um, jacket. <laughs> I, I, I've never liked pants, blue jeans in general, whether they're baggy or, or, or skinny or, you know, because they don't have much give when I'm, no matter what you're doing, there's not much range of motion and they're very uncomfortable. I know they're durable. And that's about the only positive thing there is to it. But as far as like comfortability, like they there's, there's a, they don't wear them. You'll never feel comfortable in them, no matter what size they are. I enjoy pants. Um, it's something. It's more of a sensory thing. Like they feel nice against my skin. Um, it's one of the few times I will. One of the few fabrics that won't irritate me. So, jeans. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm. I am very much in the sportswear uh, aesthetic. Because they feel, like you said, they feel nice. They're easy to move in as well. And if if you don't mind the, you know, where you know tying your jawstring a couple times once the elastic wears out, like they will last for a long time as long as you're not trying to do a bunch of physical labor in it. Right, and uh, yeah, you're right. Um, clothing, fun. <laughs> yeah, Stranger Things though. The 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 clothing in there. We're gonna go back to that now because that's part of the topic. Uh, I I feel like the before the first season came out, you know, we're all like nostalgia based people because we like our you know things from the past because like oh yeah that was cool remember that blah blah blah, um and I think this kind of grew out of that and that's like that's in their whole aesthetic, and especially once you get into season two with number eight, uh she's got well everybody she hangs out with are very eighties. Uh, grunge type of characters. Well, not so they much got like because um, uh, neither of us were alive to see that in person. Like um, what we have is like what we saw in like movies, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like during the whole gang fight scene, or uh-huh. uh, like what we saw from the eighties and like early nineties films, like The Craft. It's like, did anyone actually wear that, or is just what we were, what was presented to us in media? And um, I mean, I think it was a lot of like jeans and and big shirts. Because um, if you look at the skate videos from that time, like when Tony Hawk was still like a kid, that's the type of stuff they were wearing. But it could just be regional as well. But I imagine it's a lot like that. Right, because like um, let's see, like California, it could have been anything. Like um, I'd have to, if I could, I could actually go off and ask one of my former professors because she grew up in the Caddy area. So it's like, okay, what was the clothing actually like in California? I'll take notes. I bet she that. she was probably wearing blue jeans or a dress. Uh, she actually did post up a picture on Facebook where like she's wearing this very pretty skirt. I was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> something He's... Nazi would wear. Something Nazi would wear. Yeah, yeah, that's what I imagine. Like they're very floral type looking dresses. I, I just um, I thought that was interesting that they made her look professional and then like um she looked so cool shooting Vecna like yeah I I'm shotgun Barbie this is for bar <laughs> fire 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 is, yeah this is the first time they had guns in this in the show right 
No, no. Um, Nazi somehow got a hold of a pistol in season one and was shooting something, and then like uh. Probably the Demogorgon. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just remember thinking, was getting a gun that easy in the '80s? And where did she get? Well, she probably does gets paid via the internship that she had, but it's like. She had over a hundred dollars to use to. Well, no, wait. They still have a trade. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, back then, it's probably able to. Well, they didn't really have the gun store then because they didn't have the mall. But in this season, they they went to the gun store in the mall, and literally bought all the weapons that they used. Um. But I remember before, like they had makeshift weapons that, like, Steve Harrington had the had a baseball bat with a bunch of nails in it. Yeah. That and. You're right, they made their own weapons in season one, and then season two, out of nowhere, Nancy has a gun. And I was like, oof, Nancy is not taking any risks anymore. Yeah, and if it's... And this is kind of like the duality of, like, yeah, it can be useful sometimes, but other times in real life it doesn't. But, like, if there's, like, a giant monster, like, I think that's a special... I think that's a special circumstance that I think that calls for it. But stuff like this doesn't happen in real life all the time, and that's... I, I don't want to get back to the conversation, so I'm going to leave it there. Yeah, um... What's it called? In fiction, most of the time, maybe guns are useful. I know that uh, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, they were never useful. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it, it's not like they had silver bullets. Uh, but the, like, werewolves, the werewolves in Buffy were just like nice people that had a disease. And um, she used wood, um, crossbows. I think the only time she used something close to a gun was like a rocket launcher against an ancient demon. Oh wow, I've, yeah. that's one show I've never watched. But you know, now that I've seen, that I've gotten older, I've I've kind of seen more of it. I'm like, this might seem it, it seemed like it might have been a good show for its time, but I I don't know if I'll enjoy it now. Um, but growing up, I definitely probably would have enjoyed it when I if, when it was on. I like same it. thing with Supernatural. Supernatural, uh, it's too long for me to even consider getting into. Um, right. I might watch a handful of episodes because I just started watching Gilmore Girls around March. And it's like, Sam's actor is in Gilmore Girls, and he plays a character called Dean. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, like, a uh, friend sent me a clip the other day of, like, um, they're on tour in one episode, and it's like, if you look to the left, you'll see Stars Hollow, where they filmed the popular show Gilmore Girls. If we're lucky, uh-huh. we're going to see one of the star characters. And, like, Sam's actor just, like, his eyes meet the camera, and, like, he gets an uncomfortable look on his face, like, let's get out of here. <laughs> Oh man, he's like, I do. I'm I'm in the Screaming Actors Guild. Like, I, I can't be on camera, otherwise I'll see you. <laughs> uh, there's a union, and they got rules. Uh, um. Yeah. Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah. Oh okay. So we're talking about vampire, right? So every time vampires are brought up, like, it's always gonna be a thing. They're gonna start bringing up the Daywalker. Blade, the Wesley Snipes uh, rendition uh, just because I don't know what it is about it because it it just like hits the minds of everybody in the right way like even going back I th- it's like it, it like it, it def- I don't think it's aged well in my opinion um, everybody else out there should be able to perform their own opinion so don't listen don't take everything I say about it for, for what it is um because it still is a good movie, and I think it should be regarded as a classic. But it's like going back; like it doesn't really hit the same way, uh, because some of the the uh, themes and the pacing have kind of shown their age, especially the pacing. 
Um, but it, I think because it, it's, it's like he's a very like underdog type of character, but he's he, I, th- I think that's really where where it comes from. I think that's why he's such a likable character because he's not rich like Batman. He doesn't have he kind of has superpowers, but he's taking on the entire vampire race basically alone. The only person he has on his side is Whistler. And Whistler's old. Like, he, he's... He's... You know, he dies in the first movie. Then they kind of bring him back, and then he dies again. So it doesn't matter. Um, he's, he's, he's on his way out no matter what. He's old. So he's pretty much... And he even... Like, even Whistler says this to What's-Her-Face in the first movie. He's like, I'm on my way out, and I'm, I'm, I'm scared for, for him. And he... Because he kind of sees him out of sense. Like, because... He's he's alone in all this. Like he's there's no one else like him. Even though he's got all these uh, super abilities, uh, the vampire abilities, and none of the weaknesses. Like he's still alone. Even if he even if he succeeds, he's still going to be alone because he still he, nobody's going to understand him. Um, that's also the main theme of Buffy too. Like um, like the lore of the show is that uh. The Slayer, there can only be one Slayer in every generation. The Slayer is always female. And when one Slayer dies, another one takes her place. Which is kind of funny, because in season one, Buffy dies a clinical death. And, like, her she dies, but she still has brain activity and she's revived. But it's good enough to activate another Slayer. Ah, interesting. Uh, I, I, I kind of like where... Because... Where these like they're vampire type of things. I feel like a lot of these things can have like crossovers mm-hmm. because it'd be kind of cool because they're both vampire hunters, right? They're vampire slayers. They could kind of like maybe team up for like a moment. Like, yeah, I'm I'm trying to go after uh you know the head of this one vampire Bob, and you're trying to I don't know, you just I don't know what Buffy's motivation or whatever the whatever the heck she's doing. <laughs> it'd be it'd be kind of cool, and I I feel like the creativity there could really flow. But, like it's kind of interesting because like um. There are potentials out there, like potential slayers, and um, like the next slayer is always at random, but there are like a group of girls that are, they could be the next one. And um, Buffy was just one of those girls that went under the radar, was never noticed. And so, like, so is it like a is it like a magical thing where like you're chosen by destiny or fate or whatever it is, and then like now you're the vampire slayer and you can't get out of it now? Yep, exactly. And so, um. Some slayers, like, they get it right. It's like, okay, we trained this girl. She was a potential. The previous slayer died, and she woke up as a, as a slayer. And so, like, they have a few... Once in a while, they get a slayer that was properly trained and knew what she was knew what was coming up. Um, Buffy flew under the radar. Right. And so, like, a constant theme throughout the series is that she's not... She's trained, but she's not ideally trained. Right, and that, it, um... so there, so because you mentioned when she kind of died and then she came back, another one was chosen. She, she could technically like that kind of sounds like there's like a, a rivalry type of story kind of building up there. They do with that with that a little bit. Another thing was like um, she was worried, and she was right that the rest of her life would be devoted to being the slayer. Like she wouldn't have choices in her life, and like um, with another slayer, she's like, oh, I could maybe have a choice now. And that um, the thing that set her apart from upcoming Slayers is that um, she had people to fight for, people that she loved. And a lot of people thought that that would be a distraction. But in the series, 
it's her greatest strength is that I have people that I love and I need to fight for. And so I'm going to save the day for those people. Right. That, um, that's again, going back to blade, that's kind of similar. What I was thinking is, and they're kind of, they're kind of like Christ-like figures in that, in that regard, because they're doing something that's for the greater good, but the rest of society is not going to notice that. And, you know, this, they kind of didn't really show this at the end of the blade trilogy, because once he defeated all the vampires, he still had killed he all these people, even if they were even if they were human, they were working for vampires. People aren't going to understand that they were vampires because they're all dead now. He killed them. He was actually wanted for this on very multiple on multiple different government levels. He's still wanted for that. And then there was also all the people he robbed because he was not like Batman. He wasn't rich, so he had to rob people and sell it to to be able to pay for the weapons that he was using to kill vampires um so it was like he did a lot of bad things so once everything was all said and done it, he still was going to be wanted by society and probably end up going to prison or treated terribly for the rest of his life even though he did a good thing so it's kind of a, it's kind of like a christ-like thing there where like they know not what they do right right and um it's actually kind of interesting that i bring that up because um when Buffy graduates high school, like, you know, that whole high school mentality of this is almost over. I just got to do these last few things and I don't have to see these people for the rest of my life. Um, yeah. Yep. So outside of her main group of friends, uh, nobody knows about what she's doing. But like um, something happens where like uh, she's asked to come to the stage and um, like I think it's prom or homecoming. Uh -huh. She's asked to step forward by... Coincidentally, by another side character who she had talked out of a suicide attempt. And, like, she's granted a very special um, award of class protector where they literally say, we don't know what's going on in our school, but we know that we're safer because of you, so we want to give you this. And it's, like, one of the few items that she does truly treasure. It's, like, uh, like something that she keeps close to her, something that she treasures. Like, um, not like she takes it with her everywhere, but it's, like, if you touch it, you die. Wow. Um, so, so this was the item that Buffy was receiving from her friend, from a classmate, like not really a friend, but like it was an item that she received on by the half of her graduating class. Okay, and this was a this was like an actual gift, like as a to like as a token, like this is very important to me. So here you go. Yeah, like a very um, like she was not expecting it. She did not know that her that her class was aware of what she did, but it's like we're aware. We don't know what it is, but thank you. Okay, so the rest of the class knew that she was getting it, but they didn't know like what it was about. Yeah, like they didn't know the specifics, but it's like we're safe because of you. Oh, okay. So I didn't know she was a teenager in that show. Um, so this the first was... three seasons, like um, first three seasons of high school, the rest of the series season for about two okay, seasons so... of college, and then the rest of it graduation. Okay, I, I got you now, I got you. So, she she was just getting it because, like, yeah, we know you did something for us, and we don't know what it was, but we know it was a good thing, so thank you so much. Here's here's 20 bucks. Yeah, well, <laughs> she gets a very beautiful gift, and um, it's very symbolic when you see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, that's... I really like these types of moments in, in media, in creative media, and uh, going back to... Life is Strange, the video game, where, um, in the very first one you're playing is Maxine, 
she, where you know she can you know kind of rewind time a little bit, and uh, I forget the character's name, but she was um excuse me she uh jumped off the building uh and then you it's a very like you know you, you know you i feel like maxine in that in that show really doesn't have like she kind of knows people but she doesn't really um she kind of acquaintances with people but she but she still cares about them right just so she so she sees that and she's like running you know she's trying to rewind it as much as she can and so she can reach her you know come up behind her and like kind of talk her out of it and it, it you, so you have to see that over and over again right so it's like whoa um and it's and i and i like the fact that you're able to go in there because it's kind of like in that situation it's, it's as the player is like what would you do in this situation if you could and you knew it was you know it's like and it puts you in that situation where you have this opportunity you know, without any real consequences in real life, but you have this opportunity to kind of have that scenario play out. It's like, if you could do this, like, what would you do? Here you go, figure it out. And I like that in and in, in in that series because there's all these different types of moments like that. Right. I don't know. I need to buy Life is Strange. Um, what's it called? <laughs> right now, the game I'm playing is Klonoa. It's a cute little PlayStation Two game port it to the switch it has a little weird uh -huh. funny cat thing i like it <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a lot of good ones like that too i, I need to play more like that because they're i think they're better for my mental health than <laughs> these like hard-hitting like yeah, those, due to life like I, those are the games i, I want to play right now it's like i want to play banzo kazooie i want to do something light-hearted i don't want to be in a first-person suitor or making these tough life decisions. I want to. I want to jump up and collect the crystals. Yeah, I mean, I've <laughs> like I don't even like first-person shooters anymore because they're always put me in that mode of aggression. Like because you got to be aggressive in those games to you know, and it's you're competing against another team. And like I said before, like it, it's when it comes to those types of things I've, I've always backed out of them because it's very social and if you're not if you're the new person of the group you're not going to be you got to earn your spot and if you haven't earned your spot yet well well you know even it doesn't matter how good you are they're not i mean if they see it yeah but if you perform exceptionally well it's more easy to see it in a video game than if you were to try in like uh middle school football to like i did <laughs> where you only get to play twice um I think my thing, I know that um, funny thing I actually almost did play Fortnite about two months ago just for the Doctor Who event and I was like can I still do it or should I just delete the game off my Switch <laughs> <laughs> I will play video games while I'm on the treadmill um, I have a speaking of cute games I have this one uh, fan game for the Chow Garden it's called Pocket Chow Garden oh! and it's very, it's very it's so good like it's a lot like the Chow Gardens from Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 where you gotta build up your Chow uh, but it's just it's just modified just a little bit uh, you can actually modify which stats you are going rather than just being like you gotta collect the animal or chaos uh, chaos drive or like that yeah chaos drive or whatever it was 
yeah, so instead of collecting the items and then giving it to the child, that whatever, it is kind of like random in a way, um, what you can give to them. Mm-hmm. You, you, what it does, like you play a, a specific video game, like, and the one is like the special zone from the 2D Sonics, and that's that's for your speed. Or there's one where it's kind of like Flappy Bird, where you collect rings, uh, and that's for your flight. And then you have one where you're playing like a beat game, you're, and then each time you push, press the beat in the right spot, like that pushes a rock, that's the strength. There's another one for stamina, where you, it's just a memorization, as Simon says. And then there's the one where you're swimming, and you gotta like dodge everything, and that's kind of more of like a up and down vertical version of Flappy Bird, and that's for your swimming uh, stat. And then every time you play these, you get you get uh, coins, not rings. You get coins that are rewarded to you, and you can use those to buy items. Uh, and then when you feed your chow, you can use the you use the coins to feed the chow, and then that'll up like a random stats. And then the more like the more expensive uh, the more expensive foods will give more uh, points to your chow. And I haven't played that in about a week, and I'm sure my chow is starving, and I probably lost all my coins. But yeah. Gosh. I Anyways. Chow. <laughs> <laughs> um. Chow were great. I love Chow. They need to bring it back. I don't. I don't, like. It, like there needs to be like an official pocket Chow, on app on your phone or something because like as much as 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 much as I love this, it's it's like very like eight bit graphics. It would be a little hard to do because um, because the Chow are made to make to sync up with the memory cards for the Dreamcast, and it's like okay, well we can port it over to the Game Boy Advanced because Nintendo used to produce two um, systems, and now it's just one. I kind of miss the 3DS. I liked it. It was cool. Yeah, yeah. They they kind of took like their their home console and handheld console and morphed them into one with the Switch generation. Yeah. I don't know if it's a good or a bad move, but we're not a gaming podcast. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, if we're talking about stories, we could say they're from the conception of Nintendo up until now. But that that'll be a different episode right, to so. tell talk about. Not like that um, American Nintendo system that Susie is never going to hear from again. <laughs> she, she, they just like they they just duped her. Like every, I don't know why they like lied to her about it because in season three they just like as soon as they met what what was uh, God, I can't remember anybody's character's name in season three the new character the girl they Erica? just like yeah no not Erica Susie? the other girl oh Robin no, uh, Robin Robin that one yeah. Ice cream girl, so they just straight up like spilled the beans to her. As as soon as this the first chance they got, they were like, "Yeah, here's here's all the truth. Here's it is." And then she's like, "What? I don't. You guys are nuts." She didn't even believe him. She did it, but she's like, "I'm bored. I hate this job. I'm in." Really? Yeah, that's really what it was. Like she didn't believe a, a thing they were saying until she saw it for her own eyes, and then she's like. They were not lying to me at all. They were they were a hundred percent honest, but she didn't really believe them to begin with. But yeah, it was like it's it's surprising to me that they just because they just blurted it out, and there was like the government. I mean, I guess the government was kind of after them in season four, but they weren't really aware of it. I, I I just don't understand how Susie and her family exist financially. Yeah. I didn't. I, I didn't understand. <laughs> that's not how I imagined her family to be at all either, because they were wild and like, you know, she was very like up, you know, upstanding. She's very smart. She did well in school. Um, 
and you, you know she would like correct Dustin sometimes like like you like you can't be acting like this you like you got to be a better person and Dustin's like yeah you're right and he you know he goes along with it so it was surprising to me like everybody else was wild <laughs> you know uh, it's kind but, of a, it's an 80s trope to like have like crazy wild children and um i, I i'm just so like we Susie talked- and her older sisters seemed like the only mature ones well, like, of the of, that, of the children. Well, like there were other kids like in charge of chores, but like their characterization is we're kids, and um, I, I we talked about it a little bit um, in chat, but I was just like, how how, how does this how is this family possible that um, there's ten of them, um, what appears to be a single income household, and they live in this big beautiful house. Which is made out of brick for whatever reason. If you have a brick house, uh, at least in the eighties and nineties, if you had a brick house, that means you had money. Right, right. Yeah, I remember even I still think about that about my aunt and uncle who were the same way. They still have that brick house, and they had it has. Let me see how many bedrooms they have. One, two. It has four bedrooms. <laughs> I'm just like, how? How much is? And they have a computer, and they have the internet. Uh, by the way, the internet, people, for those of you that want to be nitpicky, has existed since the 60s. No one just really cared to use it until the 90s. Yeah, so whatever they, whatever he was doing, whatever he was into, I think that's that could be like a possible explanation, if you want to theorize about it. Because he's into all of this futuristic stuff. Um, not that it was very profitable back then, but it kind of shows where he's in a position that's not of the usual person in the 80s you know he's kind of got something going on where maybe he's a stockbroker and he's looking at and he's got something going on with this at that computer desk right like he's got an excel sheet or a very basic early version of excel where like here's the stocks now i can see the charts i can kind of predict where they're going and then the computer does the work for me in the math department right and, and I, then i kind of extrapolate from there i also a little impressed with um i don't know if computers in the 80s had that function or if it's maybe movie magic or like a, a reference to um what's it called uh war games it doesn't have to be that that too well it could be that too but i was like, um i was like wait could you get those exact coordinates with an 80s computer because um it's been a while since my arcgis class but i was just like the, the technology has been there for a while but it's very up until about 2010 the technology has been limited for arc map type of and geographic information systems yeah and then that type of computer interface it reminds me more of ms dos yeah it's than very... anything else where he had where basically was all it was was the command prompt that's on your computer now and that's really all ms dos was yeah like uh, i'm just very um that's where I get a little nitpicky about the tech they have, because it's like at least with the regular income to regular income cast, it's like okay, there's a reason why they why uh, Robin and Nancy have to go to the library. Um, there's a re- what's got tragically destroyed, um, and it looked real nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I wish Su- I want Susie to be more involved with the story than she is, because she's been there for what three seasons now, two two seasons um she did a beautiful duet with dustin yeah she so season three and four she's been a part of the story but she's always been distant from it like she's never she doesn't have direct interaction with it like she even though like she talks to the characters but as far as like the progression she's just more she's, of a she's literally out of the loop um 
Right. Yeah. It's been two seasons. She still has no idea what's really going on. But everybody else does. Has been like been there for at least one season. They know or have known and passed away. I'd rather keep it that way, just because she she genuinely is an innocent in the whole situation. She does not. Um... But that's that's why I think she needs like for part of her character. She, um, I don't know. I, I could be wrong about her, but I feel like that would be the progression for her because she's it, she is innocent, and then she would have to be like it. it and then, uh, how do I put this? Um, because she, she's like rejected the whole like this when it comes to dust. She's rejected this whole like corruption idea of the world. Is and because I think for her it's kind of a religious thing. Um, so it might be where she has to come out of that shell, and in a way, and like see that sometimes it's not always that easy right it's, it's like she right right so um and maybe i'm like i said maybe i'm wrong about her character and what it is but i feel like that would be like the the logical step for her to to come out and like at least make it at least make her a, a lot more interesting in a way where like she's she's innocent and then she sees oh crap all this stuff is happening this is crazy. These are demons out here, right? And that, I think that would be great, especially for season four, because it's like a, a very heavy religious tones, um, and uh, especially for the Dungeons and Dragons, like this is a cult. And that's worth real things that they said that they pulled. Well, like, the that, in the time period, um, there was a thing called the Satanic Panic, where um, Dungeons and Dragons yeah. was cited as like a quote unquote Satanic influence. Never mind that what influenced um, Dungeons and Dragons was. Uh, the work of the work of Tolkien, who was a devout Catholic, um, and I wish we can't really take his word for it because um, J.R. Um, Tolkien has been dead for a long while, so we really can't ask him anything. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he could have just said that he could have been whatever you know. He could have been in the cult. He could have been an atheist. It doesn't matter, but. Like you said, he could have just said that because he had a lot of bad PR. He's like, I, I'm just trying to defend myself with my words type of thing. Right. And, um, um, actually, this is a funny tidbit because um, I was similar to Susie in the sense that I came from a very religious household. But I was still very into fiction and fantasy worlds. Like, um, like obviously, I read Lord of the Rings and Narnia. And my uh, parents are cool with that because they knew that um, both of them come from a very... Both Narnia and uh, Middle Earth come from very religious backgrounds, so like they knew that they were cool with it. Um, Harry Potter, they were a little concerned, but it was like, you know what, we're fine with it. <laughs> I I kind of had the opposite. Um, and it's kind of why I kind of got out of the church, um, because I, I like I, I did I did grow up in the church, but I wasn't like super heavily religious, and I. And the way it seems like um, Susie has it doesn't seem like it's as bad, but as experiences, I'm just dumping all of my trauma today. Don't mind me. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not really traumatizing for me anymore, so don't, I'll, I'll be okay. Um, but this is your. I, I, I had like a reverse experience, I guess, to you, where I kind of was more exposed to things when I was a lot younger, and uh, I don't know if I remember if my dad said this. Or if it's just maybe you're misremembering something someone else said, but it was like expose your kids to things so that they can understand 
how the world really is and they won't be surprised by it when they're older. And then when my dad got remarried, he got remarried to this like really, really religious, uh, I guess, fundamentalist, whatever, Christian. Mm. Um, I, don't, I don't understand the denominations. But, and it, this is the, she was the reason I stopped believing or at least stopped wanting to go to church because most of the people that I kind of grew up with in the church and even the adults didn't really re- read the Bible. And this is something that's very common among uh, Christians is they don't read the Bible, but they believe in like very, like things that we would say are very good, which, you know, like we don't kill. I mean, that's technically in the Bible. That's one of the commandments. Like we don't kill, we don't steal, you know, things that are pretty much things we would want not to happen to us. We don't do that to others. Well, I was, I was okay with that. But once I got into this, like really like heavily religious, I don't know. Um, but they would like do like horrible, terrible things and say terrible, horrible, terrible things. And they would quote the actual scripture and use that to justify why they would do like this terrible thing. So I was like, you know what? I don't care. I don't want to be Christian anymore. If that's what it really is, I don't want to be a part of that because that sounds terrible. I don't want that. Right. I'll, and, I'm uh, okay. I'm okay with you without. And uh, for listeners, we're not, we're going to touch the subject very lightly right now. So, um, I am still a practicing Catholic, um, but I do agree that right now at this time, and I, I was actually watching a TikTok about this yesterday, where um, a lot of people that are—I uh, don't consider myself religious—but there are a lot of uh, people that are practicing of the faith that are getting very upset at people using the faith as a reason to persecute others rather than doing what the faith does ask of you right and i've i'm kind of coming to that conclusion myself because of the things that i see are very flawed theologically Mm -hmm. um and i've kind of been privy to that a little bit more because i i have another friend who's very heavy theologian um and but he's not he's no longer christian either he's more of a eastern religion type of thing but he'll bring that up every now and then because he also grew up in the church anyway besides that um I seen one thing that someone said, and it was it kind of reminded me of the witch hunts, right. uh, where it was. And he he wasn't saying this about the witches or you know or anybody specific, but he was more of like a general like question he had to other people is like you know when you pass away and you meet God, what what like what what are you going to do if you find out it's it's actually real? And I thought to myself, I don't know if I said this, I may have, but I thought to I th- I thought like I mean. It's kind of a tragedy that you have to pass away to prove your point. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's you know, and that's why I say the theology that people have and the conclusions that they're coming from, or the logic that they're that they're using to come to these conclusions, is, is flawed. Because it, it, it that kind of sounds like you might have a justification for bringing back these kind of terrible practices and. Again, like you said, we're going to touch very lightly on this, so we can probably edit some of this out. Um, (laughs) But when it comes down to it, when I see, like, the Old Testament, and this is the reason why it's there, and the New Testament is, like, the Old Testament is there because you have to see these things because this is the, it's the old covenant, the the old promises of the God, of the God of the Jews that he's made with, you know, with people of Israel all that stuff and you come around to you know like Jesus comes around um and then when he knows it's it's his time to go 
he's like, here's this alcohol and here's this bread. Fill yourselves up, have a good time, because I'm not, I'm going away now, and this is, this is what I, how I, you know, kind of like when you you pass away or when your parents pass away, like they kind of have this type of thing, like, you know, I want you guys to have a good time, right? I'm, I'm going away. This is the new promise that we're making. So just remember me, remember me like this. Remember the good times. Um, I mean, he does come back after three days, but then he goes back off into heaven after that. So he's still, he's still gone. I think that's, I think that's the lesson we're supposed to be learning from all of this. Um, because I, I've kind of dabbled in listening to what, how Jewish people kind of interpret God. It's like, you know, God, um, Yahweh. It's not so much like a like an evil sin to say his name. It's just like there's no way you can really describe it. You know, it's like it, 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 he's so many things at, at once, and this is why they say he works in mysterious ways, which even is not even a good way to describe it because he just it's so beyond your uh, understanding and intelligence. Like you'll never be able to figure it out. So you can't say one thing that's right or wrong, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, um, going back to to, to the lighter softer topic of stranger things um I think the, the, is, the softer topic where everybody passed away once a season <laughs> uh back to Susie, like um like you're right like she does have the innocence to her like she she kind of does understand her faith a little bit to the point where she knows what she is doing is wrong and actually bursts out laughing you had to pause the show um when her dad is chastising her she says i can't believe you're have in a relationship with a boy you met at camp who's an agnostic I was like the agnostic is like the worst thing he has to say about him I was like what <laughs> <laughs> I mean back then probably yeah that'd probably be like one of the worst things you could Even do would probably now. be social suicide <laughs> but I think more now so I think it's more acceptable now to at least be agnostic like atheism is very much a minority um, but it depends on your situation but um even in modern day like i remember my first relationship my parents are very upset that i was with an eight with someone who was an atheist and uh they're like how could, why would you go for someone like that when there are plenty of people within the faith to look for right and i've and it, it's funny because like my i i grew up christian i'm not really catholic christian but more of like i guess a non-denominational church but it's a very big church though too um so it, 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 the, i don't see the pastor as a scammer um but that's not what i'm trying to get into um there are mega churches out there that are like that um Ooh, yeah for sure i won't i won't i won't name anybody that looks like a certain actor playing another actor <clears throat> Scientology. um <laughs> but yeah so it's not the one i was thinking of but anyways uh, uh there is stuff that I like that out there, so but that's not what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I actually forgot what I'm trying to say because my mind is stupid. Uh, um, oh yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's interesting because I feel like each generation of my family kind of goes through like a different like religious transformation. My dad was like, you know, he grew up Catholic in a Catholic household. There was there was a specific way you guys do that the Catholics do praying and communion compared to everybody else. There's a specific way that's done compared to other other Christians. Um, so, uh, then at some point before I was born, they switched from Catholicism to like kind of more of a general Christianity, I guess. And that's kind of where I was kind of brought in. And that's kind of why the way I was kind of, they were kind of like, and then, and then it's just like, as I go on, I kind of get like this, even like more different, like push for like, I'm just going to just 
stop going all together because it's not it's not helping me you know um and it, when i stopped going think bad things didn't stop they didn't start happening it was just everything was kind of the same except i just stopped going to church <laughs> um so anybody out there who's been told that happens when you stop going to church don't believe it because the the church is the people that's that's not the building itself that's what matters um that's the body of christ so anyways so that's anyway. kind of so yeah that's kind of you know where i came from right. and then how i kind of moved on from that and had my kind of like that's you know i kind of was, i kind of felt like that for a, for a long time and i wasn't really angry at anybody except like the people who were terrible to me and that's and i couldn't do anything because they were in my family now and i hated their guts right and uh I think that also falls into the um circling back to Will and his family situation where um back to Bob, like uh he was this so there's a thing called um toxic masculinity and um Will and Jonathan's birth father Yep. All kinds Very of toxic. toxic. <laughs> Um, and I just remember Bob was like this beautiful breath of fresh air where, yeah, he was nerdy. He was, um, not the ideal man, but Joyce still saw something in him that she was like, okay, Hopper, real cool, but I want to give this a shot first. Like he was, he was very, like Jonathan had every right to be like a little suspicious of this dude, but like, um, he was very sweet to Will, very understanding of his, uh, of Will not fitting in and being different. It was like I'm very something you don't see too often anymore of a male character being emotional support rather than the ideal masculine hero type of deal. Right, right. Can I just say though that when I watched the recent Batman film, they kind of I kind of like the way they did that because he wasn't like he was in like the Batman Begins, Dark Knight type movie where it's like. I'm doing terrible things like invading people's privacy and beating the crap out of them and breaking their legs at night and uh, been trying to inspire fear in everybody where like that's kind of I guess like you kind of take that as like a progression of the character itself where in Batman is like yeah he, I am inspiring fear but at the end he's like I'm also trying to inspire hope I'm going to be the handout that people need to get to safety um, I have not seen the new Batman movie yet. I I'm going to be honest, I'm just not invested in Batman right now. I'm just like, oh. I would have been invested if Robert Patterson had been cast of Terry McGinnis instead. But no, he uh, they just decided to bat- reboot oh. Batman again. For that would be cool. I mean, that's how, kind of how I felt about Spider-Man, but I've, I watched Spider-Man uh, Homecoming and No Way Home. I didn't watch Far From Home. Um, did I? I don't know. But I, that's how I feel like they rebooted Spider-Man like three times now. And like less than 20 years yeah i'm just like that man's had a like a longer time frame than that but yeah i i I just want uh i'd like for dc to focus on other cash cows um uh final thoughts on stranger things uh so here's a little tidbit um there's a portion of the fandom that were a little upset because they didn't feature any michael jackson songs and thought it was for various reasons um from my understanding that the and this is kind of based on the show itself where it prides itself on going for more obscure 80s culture rather than going for what was popular at the time. 
Um, uh, well, it was it was more so of a copyright thing. I heard because that um, might, Michael Jackson is expensive to get a hold of. That too, yeah. He's well, he was the he's the king of pop. He was the king of the eighties, especially since Thriller. That would have been like one of the ones I think they would probably use best in like number three in season three of Stranger Things. Yeah, um, because the whole zombie thing. Um, uh, but it it was just because that would one the one one of the ones that fit the tone the best. Uh, it just wasn't. The it just it was just more I just heard as more of a fact that it was this copyright and they couldn't get the permissions necessary from Michael Jackson's estate. But I've also heard people say uh, it was because um, and the, they didn't really say this, but this is what they were trying to say it was because he's black people can't make good music. That's what they were trying to say in the comments. I'm like, but they just said it wasn't because of that, and I'm sure uh, people have heard that. But it's more so uh, not that. It's more so because of it's intellectual copyright thing it's a business thing it doesn't matter what it is because he's made tons of money off of that music and people can feel however they want about it but it doesn't matter because it's sold so people liked it they if they're gonna spend money on it they really really like something right and like um like my thought like it's probably exactly that that michael jackson the michael jackson estate was charging too much for to use his music um that's probably 100 percent the reason um Yep, because I'm sure of, they're probably like we're gonna we're gonna charge you a million dollars a second, probably type of thing. Uh, because of a, I am not a Michael Jackson fan for a very specific controversy. Um, we're not touching that subject at all. But I was just like, oh, thank God, no Michael Jackson. <laughs> oh, um, ah, oh, yeah. I, I mean, at this point, I feel like I'm I'm very much on the side of he's. Well, I, I won't touch on it. Never mind. We're not touching that subject at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, but I'd heard it was more of a copyright thing rather than anything else. So um, to me, it was like, a, okay, they're... I like, like I was saying earlier, Stranger Things kind of like prides itself on going for the more obscure things from the 80s. Like, um, and going for like... Also going for what was probably like... Um, so... Well, they had Ghostbusters. There was a huge Ghostbusters thing in season two where they all showed up on Halloween. Just as the Ghostbusters, and, like, um, like, yeah, like they go for the main thing and they also go for the obscure, like, uh, like, like I knew what Dungeons and Dragons was. I've played a few times. So I was like, how many of the Netflix audience that's tuning into Stranger Things knew what Dungeons and Dragons was? <laughs> I think that's pretty. I think it's pretty famous because it's especially these days. A lot of people. I don't know if it's because of Stranger Things, but I know a lot of people have, have been playing it these past few years. I think it gained um, popularity because of Stranger Things. Like at least got more into the. Uh, oh, definitely, yeah. But I'm, I'm telling. I even I don't know if it's how much it was played beforehand. Like if it was still like kind of relevant. Right. But I, yeah. I or if it, like in the like people know about it type of thing. Like it's more in the zeitgeist now. Like I remember, I was shopping at Think Geek uh, about two years ago, and um, they had a My Little Pony Dungeons and Dragons thing. I was like, I kind of wanted to buy it for me and my oldest niece to play because it's like she loves My Little Pony, even though she's a teenager now. So it's like, oh, we could have done this together. Yeah, yeah. I like how I I like the I. What am I trying to say here? I like um all of these like like niche versions spin-offs of like board games like how monopoly has like all these different versions of itself uh 
Dungeons and Dragons have been redone over a million times in a di- bunch of different ways. I've seen a Dragon Ball Z version of Dungeons and Dragons. Hey. Huh. Yep. Yep. Well, like me and my I probably still have. I probably still have the character sheet or and rules saved somewhere. Uh, my friend and I, we have a. We downloaded a unofficial Harry Potter um, D and D campaign, and like um, we had fun playing it because both of us were. Are, I know of Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know it that well to call myself anything associated with it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like I was like, okay, both of us know Harry Potter by heart. We're gonna try this, and we're both gonna be wizards. Yes. <laughs> Starting at ten years old, isn't it? It's I like how every. I like how he starts up at 10 years old and when uh, the character who plays him, he looks like a 10-year-old by by the beginning. Um, I, and then pretty much every year, they kind of come out with a new movie where he's like, yeah, he's kind of growing. Like, they skip some years in some places because things happen. But, yeah, he, he pretty much grows up pretty well. I think they really cast that really well. I, uh, um, so... I used to be so weirded out by Daniel Radcliffe because, uh, is it the accent? I bet no. it's the accent, isn't it? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> so in sixth grade, when the movie came out, I got second place in a lookalike contest. For Harry Potter? Yes. I Was it because of the glasses? Glasses and just how I had my hair styled at the time. But it was just like... Uh-huh. At first, it was like, okay, cool. I got some free popcorn, whatever. And then... Um, and that's who you were afterward? No. Uh, a, oh. So I had read the first book at the time. I had not read books two, three, or four just yet. And so, like, uh, during the following summer, I'm reading books two, three, and four. And, like, um. And this is just kind of like this so self conscious thing I've always had about my body. But, like, uh. In the book series, he, they, ha- they have a scene where, like, um, he's taking a bath and it's, like, very. He's in the news, so I was just like very much dreading the release of the fourth book. So it's just like I do not want to see. And thank goodness, Daniel Radcliffe aged totally different from me, and I was like, I do not want to see. Um... <laughs> I was uncomfortable with my friends and classmates having an idea of what I looked like undressed, and I was like, Oh, thank God, he looks nothing like me. Oh wow, yeah, that's that would be that'd be strange. Yeah, that would be so, like. It's a very uncomfortable feeling and like um, a very self-conscious thing that even now as an adult, I'm just like, I hate being in any state of undress. <laughs> I remember um, the first, I think, one of the, one of the very first days I worked with you or very first like couple weeks or something like that, um, I was I was joking and I mentioned something about to in order to like get an accurate measurement of you and your body fat we have you to get you have to get naked completely oh my god <laughs> i remember saying that i was I, I think i remember like as i said that i just i really quickly like i'm just kidding right right <laughs> after that like not even like a second later i, I typed it out real quick it's like sent because i because I, I, i've got very crude humor like that sometimes so oh, i was no, like i, I didn't want you to think i was being i, I wasn't trying to like intimidate you or anything I get it too. Like, um, like it's, like it's like, it's kind of like the inverse of how you grew up. Like for me, it's just like I've always been um, very private about my body. Like even during the summer, I'm, I'm at work wearing long sleeve clothing. Um, even when I even when I was socializing today, I like um, I wore this uh, long sleeve Under Armour material underneath my uh, t shirt. So it's like I am that kind of person who just doesn't like having skin exposed. 
Yeah, even when I've been calls with you, you're always wearing the long sleeve Under Armour type stuff. Yeah, it's actually BCG. Um, Shop at Academy, people get the cheaper stuff. <laughs> okay, uh, but yeah, like even me, even though I'm like, like you've seen my pictures on Instagram and Twitter and all this stuff at Mexican Trainer, by the way, everybody. So like I, like I know I look good, but I, I don't post myself as much. Um, Number one, because uh, it kind of attracts the wrong audience that I'm looking for. Like, it attracts, like, and there's, I'm not saying this as a diss or, like, I feel uncomfortable about it. Um, but it's, I, it attracts uh, horny gay guys, which I don't mind. But I'm not trying to sell OnlyFans because I don't have OnlyFans and I don't think I would do good at that. I'm trying to look to sell my training services. So it, when I do stuff like that, it doesn't really get the right people that I'm looking for. So I've, that's one reason I didn't do it as much. Um, anymore, but also I'm still a little bit self-conscious in certain areas even though I know, like, I look way better than, like, 90% of people. 90%. Top tier is, you know, I'm in top 10% at least, maybe even higher, but it's, like, little things that I feel self-conscious about with myself. Um, like, I like I want to have, like, this perfection to show to everybody. Um, but I don't always have that, so it's like, if it's not the lighting's not right, if, like, I like my body fat just a little too high today. Like I don't, I don't post that. Um, and I'm kind of glad that I don't even take pictures of myself as as much anymore because that was when it was really getting to me, into my brain. So it just wasn't healthy. So I was like, I'm just gonna not do that. <laughs> we gotta go back to the '80s and Stranger Things. We don't need social media. We just need to play Dungeons and Dragons, and um, we know we all need a Steve <laughs> in our life. That's that that might not. Yeah, I don't know if that would be as well because that's when Arnold Schwarzenegger was really like big as well so like that's kind of i mean we're in the 90s like we're not like we're not that far removed from the 80s so but that's true too like uh like i remember i thought it was so strange that um because i would watch power rangers growing up and like um they were a little smart with billy where like uh, obviously if david yost wore a tank top or um or any type of tight clothing. They could tell that he was just as much an Adonis as his other male counterparts. But like, um, uh, I think costume department was smart enough to realize, okay, he's also built like a tank. We got to put him in these baggy clothing to make him look as scrawny as possible. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's it's interesting. Um, David Yost is like the longer, like he he had the longest run of an actor in that series. Yeah, he had the longest today. run, and um. Even longer than Jason David Frank as the as the, like the as the lead character as a lead ranger, and he he's like the second longest. But David Yost, I don't know, like especially because all of these rumors and things that people said about him. Well, um, like, um, the original rumors were that um, he was kind of a diva on set, and then he came out and revealed that he was being harassed because he was gay and in the closet at the time, and like um, producers saying, "You don't deserve to be where you are, and you don't deserve to be a superhero because you're gay." And uh, by the way, I've met both Jason David Frank and David Yost. They're both very wonderful, sweet people. <laughs> I almost had the chance to meet him at my first Comic-Con, but I didn't realize when I went to Comic-Con that I needed money to see people. I was like, oh, dang it. I don't even have... I didn't. I had brought money for the ticket, like a few bucks like to buy some things. Like, uh... But I didn't know. Like, I thought like anybody could just go up to the people and was like, you know, get a picture and just, you know... And then you'd pay for the picture if you wanted it, but you like, can go up and talk to them and then leave or something, you know? I thought it was like a free meet and greet type of thing, but I was like, ah, oh, no, oh. no, I didn't bring the money for this. Unfortunately, it's not. Um, 
I've taken photos of David Yost. Um, he is a wonderful street person. Uh, I have a from what I see from I, from Jason David Frank and like the stuff that he's done after the show. Like, I, like it's, it seems like he started his own martial arts school, and he's like really tried to ins- keep the inspiration going for the younger kids. And that's, I enjoy that. I'm, I'm glad. Well, that's the thing. Like, um, Jason David Frank, Austin St. John were already accomplished martial artists before they became actors, and so um, yep. So whereas Steve got in us and uh, like all three of them already had side careers going like um, they didn't really need Power Rangers, but extra money helps. Right, right. Yeah. And then Jason David Frank also went to fight in UFC. Um, yeah. After, after, yeah. Well, not UFC, but he did mixed martial arts, I think, in Tap Out. Um, yeah, and like um, he started his own clothing brand. Um, Jesus didn't tap, I believe. Was that him? Was he the one who came up with that? Yep. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, after he stopped doing drugs, he that's when he got back into martial arts and started doing like the professional fighting again. But David Yost and uh, the girl who plays Amy, Amy Jo and, Johnson. Yeah. Well, no, it's Kimberly. Yeah, sorry, Amy Jo Johnson, the one who plays Kimberly, and uh, I forgot the girl who plays Trini. Tui Trang, uh, unfortunately, Tui Trang passed away in a car accident. Yeah, but all three of them are were dancers before the show. They all did ballerina, even David Yost. Uh, and that's it, I thought that's kind of like where the rumor came from that said he was where he was gay, and then it turns out like he wasn't. But you know, no. Uh, anytime gay. someone's famous, there's always going to be all these rumors about you. No, like it, it, he was uh, he was a gay man, but um, uh, it it was just a lot of uh the way they view things at the time of the 90s and um, how we don't have the same special qualifications we do, not qualifications, but same standards in Hollywood as we do now. Yeah, and I kind of, like, especially at the time, I think this is one reason why the show took off so well and why it's remembered so well is because all of these, and this was, and it's funny that that's what is happening behind the scenes, but every single character, Billy, Kimberly, Etc. They were all their own people before they got together and became the Power Rangers. They were all in these different cliques, separate, completely separate from each other. And the first episode, they're like, "We don't want none of this. We don't want to be Power Rangers." And Zordon's like, "But I need you. I don't have anybody else. Everybody else is like, well, this is before they had other Rangers. But this was." He's like, I need somebody. And then they were like, no. Nah. But, you know, they eventually come together. They're like, you know, we're, we're a ragtag team, but we're going to come together. We're going to make this work. Um, because there's nobody else who's going to stop Rita. And, and um, in the long term, that's... in the long term, because um, I have been a fan. I watched Power Rangers every season from Mighty Morphin to RPM, and then I just lost track of it. Uh, but... It has been over 20 years of people saving the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> every episode, they're saving the world, yeah. Almost every episode, except for the ones with actually, like, continuing storylines, but yeah. Uh, so, back to um, final thoughts on Stranger Things here. I'm going to call it our prediction for Season 5, the final season. Um suck! Uh, gosh, where do I start? Where do I start? Um... I think, uh, I really hope that Max makes it out alive. Um, I hope she's not in a Terry Shiva situation. I think, uh, I think you're right that, uh, Joyce and uh, Will will get their happily ever after type of deal. 
And uh, yeah. Uh, so this is a messed up rumor that I love talking about. This is my own crazy crack theory. Um, so there's another Netflix original content called "To All the Boys I Loved Before." Um, th- it's a movie trilogy, and uh, there's a character named Lucas who is also a person of color. I like my friend. Does he wear glasses? No. <laughs> they got it wrong. Then they they totally screwed that character up. Like it doesn't look like you, and, and like it doesn't look like the spitting image of you. If you're not playing that character right now, it's wrong. Right. So, anyways, um, there is a character named Lucas into all the boys I loved before, named Lucas, who is a person of color. And like my friend and I were like kind of just watching it. Like I threw out this crack theory of like the Sinclair family had to go into witness protection. And that Lucas is either Erica or Erica's son or Lucas's son. Oh and it's my the same god! Universe. <laughs> oh man, that would be nuts. Like they they kind of do like kind of some spinoffs like that, where it's like kind of like a totally different tone from where it's spinned off from. Um, like, um, I'm tormenting one of my friends. Like the Demogorgon's gonna get Nora Jean and her love letters. <laughs> oh, back to Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> That's my. I don't, um, I don't have that many predictions for season five. Um, I really hope all the characters make it out. Uh, I hope Max doesn't die. Because um, uh, I got. I, I think you. I think that's probably what's going to happen. Like you said, she's going to be like, she's going to be kind of like a, a version of Will, but more so because she was actually in the mind of Vecna of number one. Uh, that he's going to be able to take control of her at will. Not will the character, but like whenever he wants and just completely control the body and mind. Not so much like it was with Will, where he was trying to, like, where he was uh, not fully involved with it. He was more detached. Um, Where it's just going to be fully, like, demonic type possession, where you hear Vecna's voice through uh, Maxine's mouth. Um, Actually, uh, you just reminded me of, like, one of my theories is that, um, so back in season one, I think at the Critics' Choice Awards that for whatever reason some of the child actors were like singing on stage and um, uh, I believe it was Eleven, uh, Lucas, and Dustin's actors were singing Uptown Funk and doing a really good job. Uptown oh, Funk gonna give it to you. Uptown Funk gonna give it to you. That Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> it's such, I mean, it's like, it's an old like, it's, it's a good song with the old type of old school like sound to it right I just like, like how the name cool. dropped Michelle Pfeiffer is like you know what Michelle Pfeiffer is that cool right right it's, especially that with that reference like that really like it sounds like it uh, something that came out like a long time ago when you're doing like that but I heard that she loves I heard that she loves the name drop too it's like she'll play it in the car it's like hey kids do you have a name drop no I do <laughs> Right. Um, so uh, my thoughts are because like they incorporated singing into season three because with Dustin and Susie. So I'm thinking um they did it again in season five where um Lucas was serenade Max to get her out of the coma with a uh, by singing her thought, song. I thought they were gonna do that this season once like because he's once what's his face Steve Junior had stepped on the 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 her headphones. I thought like Lucas was gonna have to start singing the Maxine his her favorite song. And that was going to be like a like kind of like a repeat of Volume One, where they're like, yeah, like he saves her because I could see like 
they you know like they repeat a lot of things for 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 good reason um you know just to show like they're how like they're handling things in a different way because they got more experience so they kind of use that as a comparison um so it's just like i thought that you know hey they saved her once with her with the with her headphones and then like oh now he steps on it so i thought luke was going to start singing but it didn't happen it just they let her arms and legs get broken <laughs> and they just and then they just shot vecna in, in the upside down that was a very um because one of my forms of exercise and like kind of like one of my biggest stress relievers is skating so it's like that was a very it was a very that hard was, scene that, to watch yeah like even for me like i've never had injuries in there in that area but i know that they can happen from exercise if you're not doing those right like especially the leg press like people's knees have gotten broken i just look at it like oh like i physically like i'm not saying this ironically like i I unironically cringe when I see things like that. Like I'm like, oh, like my whole body, like I can feel like my, like my hair starts standing up. Like there's a shiver goes up my spine, and like I, like I grab my sides and like, like it just like you know like you have like a physical reaction when you see that. It's like, no, like you don't want that to happen. To it. Like you don't want to see that. Like just no. Right, and like. Like, last Wednesday, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I went to the doctor. I got x-rays done on my knees. And, like, um, I remember... And it was probably all in my head that I was feeling pain the whole day in my knees. And, like, um, I was doing my best not to have a meltdown at my job when I went back to work. And it was just, like... It was, like, the most depressing thought to know that, like... Um, because, like, I am not exactly young. But at the same time, I'm not old enough to be experiencing that kind of knee pain. <laughs> Yeah. Um it's like um and like uh last year I recently got back into rollerblading. It's it was my favorite exercise when I was a kid. It's something that I did not expect all the muscle memory to come back for it, but it's like um to me if I lose that again, it's like lose it the same way that she lost it, it's like I don't know how I'd be able to recover. Right. Uh I, I mean again, it, I keep telling you this if you guys don't know this, I'm me and I, I'm 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 Lucas's uh, personal trainer, but again, Lucas, uh, don't make judgments uh, too early. You know, we don't like, we haven't got the results for the X-rays back yet. Um, right, right. Um, I called yesterday. They should be back up. <laughs> Look at my audience hearing about my medical concerns. <laughs> Dude, I dumped so much emotional trauma. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's why we have editing. Um... <laughs> Yeah, no, leave it in, leave it in. Okay, yeah, uh, I'll, I'm going to edit a few things out, but... <laughs> yeah, def- you can definitely, like, especially if it was me swearing, that yeah. could probably be edited out, be edited, or at least bleeped. It's like, hold on, hold on, hold on I'm going to go off on a tangent. <laughs> so it's like, you know, like, I've seen things, like, I don't know how true, like, how widespread this is, but it's like, I see things, like, Mexicans will, like, take, like, your biggest insecurity and make that your nickname. <laughs> And, like, that's definitely true for, like, me and my dad. My dad will do that to me all the time. Um, and when I, even when I went to parties, and this is another Cheech and Chong reference, if you guys haven't seen uh, Up in Smoke, go see it. It's been, like, 50 years or something now. But is it really? Um, probably. Probably, I think they came out in the 70s, so, yeah. So, oh, it's... That's not a fun so thing. The, so, I would, when I would go to parties and I would puke, People started calling me Ralph, and if you remember that scene in in Up and Smoke, 
with uh, Cheech and Chong, and they're in the they're in the car, and like they're the the cop is at the window. He's like, "What's your name?" Is and he like Chong is like, is who hurls onto the floor of the car, and Cheech is, just looks at the cop, and he's like, "His name's Ralph." <laughs> That's why I started getting called Ralph because I was the one that puked all the time. It's true. Like, um, there's a comedian. Uh, I believe her name is Cristela Alonso, and um, it's like Mexicans. Yeah, we will give each other like the worst nicknames. It's like, yeah, yeah. She had a TV show with the same name, Cristela. She only had one season though, because she said it was because of race thing. Um, anyways, but might be. Yeah, I don't know how true that was. For, I don't know if in your experience if it was like that, but I know it was definitely true for like my me and my dad. I can't think of anything that he gave me a nickname for but i know he definitely like pointed it out it's like and then especially like when you get hurt like they start for some reason we just start laughing even when it's our own kids and they like they get hurt we just start laughing at them because it's funny <laughs> it is funny it's like oh my god are you okay <laughs> that was <It's>, funny <laughs> uh, uh, like I, I could be balling my eyes like actually this did, did happen one time i was balling my eyes out because i was like that's crew band was coming and there was like a crack uh, an uneven crack in uh, the sidewalk in front of her house, and I started chasing after the ice cream man to stop. I'm like, "Hey, stop! I'm gonna go get money from my dad." Ah. But before I could even get there, like I tripped in that crack and I skidded both my knees on, on the uh, on the sidewalk and I started bleeding. I started crying. I ran inside and I'm like, ah. "My dad immediately just starts laughing." <laughs> I'm <laughs> so mad. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, see. So which is it's true then I guess. So and then my sister she gets uh she gets like two band-aids for each of my knees and like like puts them on like she puts them on my knees but she puts them like an X's. So she points them out afterward like they just like they look like they're from a cartoon, like when they have like a car like Looney Tunes That's when they had like the X's on their eyes. So she's like they look like they're dead eyes and she starts she starts laughing too and everybody's laughing and I'm sitting there like hurt, so like I feel even worse. <laughs> It's just, uh, I don't know what it's about us, like, us Mexicans, we just, like, we for some reason, when something bad happens, even if we're, like, doesn't matter what it is, if it's bad, we're laughing at it. It's true, like, um, we We are, we are strange people. We are, like, um, even, even as the coffin was closing for my beloved father, we still found a way to crack a joke. <laughs> wow. Uh, like, uh, it was just, like, the car ride between the funeral home and to the church, and it's, like, um, my brother's like, why can't we be more tropical? Why can't we have something nice like coconuts? And I was like, it somehow slipped out of my mouth like, oh, there's coconuts everywhere here. <laughs> um, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. It only is only for a certain amount of people and who's probably listening is going to understand that too. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think you told me that joke before. I think you told me that a while ago. You yeah. told me that like, and it's it's been a thing. It's kind of something that's new to me that like that of what it means. But I understand it. Like I mean, like as soon as someone says it, like I understand it immediately. Um, yeah. But I'm not gonna explain the joke because I'm cruel. If you know it, you know it. If you don't know it, yeah, too bad. <laughs> yeah, just Google it. Um. <laughs> uh. Well. So. Um. Anyways, back to Stranger Things. So I want to say my predictions because we've been spending a whole hour just trying to get our predictions out. So. I I don't have too many predictions about it because I know the threat was imminent at the end of Volume 2, Season 4. It was So it was more imminent than any other season uh, previously. So that's, again, that's one reason I hate it because I know there's supposed to be more episodes after that, so they're probably just going to roll that over the beginning of Season 5 instead. Um, 
So, what I think is going to happen, they're going to obviously going to go face Vecna because he's trying to merge all of reality with his brain, right? He's kind of like the devil. He, kinda, he wants to... He wants to take over everything. To me, it's kind of like the the moon and the Majora's Mask comes over. Like, he wants to consume it for himself. And, um... Uh, well, yeah. Kind, that's kind of, you know, the origin of... Not really the origin, but, like, Paradise Lost. That's kind of, like, what happened to Lucifer. Like, he, he was sent there because he wanted to take over everything, right? And that's kind of Vecna. He was sent to the under to the upside down because he was trying to take not really take over but he was killing everybody and he uh just wanted to cause a lot of destruction so he's kind of like he's he's not the devil but he's kind of influenced his character is influenced by that story right so um thank you for bringing that up because i'm going to go on the one thing that upsets me the most about this season the thing that upsets me in terms of storytelling and writing is that they explained things. They gave exposition where it wasn't necessary. Um, yeah. To clarify. It's not Stranger Things season, it's explained things season. <laughs> so like uh, my thing, one of my favorite um, writing tropes is less is more. Like the less you know about something, the more there is. Like um, yeah. I would have been perfectly satisfied with the Upside Down just being something that exists opposite to our world. Um, I do not like that the Mind Flyer was created by Vecna in a sense. I do not like that Vecna is the reason... I don't like that Eleven indirectly is the reason why the Upside Down exists as it does. Why there's an Upside Down Hopkins. I don't like that Vecna is just like this um, invasive species to the world of the Upside Down. Um, yeah, it, it felt it felt like it was more detached and more strange when it was just like it was just this alternate dimension that mirrors ours in a way, but just horrible and terrible. Like a like more of a nightmare world. Like I liked it better yeah. where there were no answers to questions. So um, that is the one thing that I really dislike about this season. Um, and I um. Like, I'm probably going to watch season 5, but I'm just like, you did not need to answer that question. Um, yeah, I've, I've loved seasons 1 to 3 because of, you know, because of that. That's what gave it that really 80s feel, because there weren't any answers to questions. There was just lots of, like, wondering, and it was like a dark mystery, but it was so dark that people didn't really want to pry any more into it than they what they had to. They were just there to get their kids and get out. Right, like, um, that is... Like you said, Joyce, for example, she literally moved to a whole different state. She had to move to a different state for job opportunity, like um, like I almost did. Sad face. Oh, <laughs> oh. they had to. Yeah. They closed down her store, even though the mall exploded. That put her store out of business. You're right. They, well, they rebuilt the mall, obviously, in season four. It was such. It's such a like. I mean, when they had the gun store, like it was season three was definitely like capitalists like this is the dark side of everything you know it's their um government capitalism right. communism all you see all the dark sides of everything in this show but it was very much like seasons one to three really kept that theme going and i like that season four is i didn't have any problems with the way it was written like you were it was just more so like how they ended things it like where like i i want more but not because the th- 
not because like there's a possibility for more is like where like the threat was more lat is imminent in seasons one two and three at the end of them here it was imminent it just made it seem like there was going to be another episode after this but there wasn't so that's what kind of left a sour taste in my mouth because i want more but i want it now i don't want to wait another two years right right um a lot of things can happen in two years uh hopefully nothing horrible hopefully nothing horrible hopefully happy happy okay maybe not happy sunshine but less awful things right right yeah um less well that sends me into it every time so every time that happens like the future like i i'm pretty much in that buddhist type of thing where like if you think about the future too much you're gonna get scared of it <laughs> i'm just um, like less awful things or at least rio deo apocalypse one of those two <laughs> yeah uh um, um if it's if it's that i just hope it's quick <laughs> yeah that too that too um so final thoughts uh um so that? my f- i'll go first um have you seen that tiktok where like um they're using that scene as like robin's like blondie beatles madonna music we need music this is music, music. <laughs> i love that tiktok so much <laughs> i haven't seen too much of that but i think i sent one to you earlier where it was it was more so from from season three uh the beginning when Steve is working at the ice cream scoops and he sees Henderson, Dustin Harrison or Henderson. Um, and it was, it was this old, but it was like the girl where she was about to twerk and their brother comes in and like hits her in the face with the door. But instead of like her brother, it was, she's about to do it. And then boom, Steve comes. He's like Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was my, like, I think that was so good. Right, um, yeah. It was, it was, that one was like, it wasn't like made to be meme but people like were able to find a way to make it fit into a meme, and I think that works really well. Where like that one, where like this is music, was made to be memeable, I think. Right. Alrighty, so, um, those are my final thoughts, allegedly, on Stranger Things. Uh, allegedly. Uh, yeah, so let me, I'm gonna quickly wrap up my predictions. Um, it's probably, like you said, it's gonna be the, Possession, more full, but more f- with Maxine, but more full on, like I said before. Uh, but the story is going to be them. It, it's it's going to be less story heavy, I think. It's going to be more action bet- oriented. Uh, it's probably going to have as many characters as they can throw in there. Probably going to have number eight come back, have some sort of like loose reason just to get her in. Everybody's going to be giving it their all against Vecna and. His army of darkness. Oh, I, I love that you threw that in there. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. Yep. And then uh, everybody's going to have a super happy ending. Uh... Joyce and and Will are... Um, it's it's all going to be over because they defeated the the like the threat threat. Um, they can live happily. Joyce is going to be married to Hopper. Will's going to go off to college and make some friends. Eleven's going to be normal. And have her powers or something. I don't know. Everyone's her... gonna go to the Kate Bush concert. Everyone's gonna go to the Kate Bush concert. <laughs> yeah, Mike's gonna be kind of okay. He's gonna have a normal childhood. Not not like well in high school. He's gonna have a normal teenage years. Not super duper heavy. Like he's not gonna be a loser anymore. But he's not gonna be like super popular like Steve. Maybe Lucas will, but he's gonna be more grounded probably than the previous people. Um, and then Dustin's probably going to be Dustin for the rest of his life because he's going to convert to Catholicism for Susie so that they can get <laughs> married. 
Hold on, we don't know that they're Catholic though. We no. just know they're we no, just know um, they're some sort of Christian. No, she has a she has a statue of the Divine Mercy. It's like okay, that's a very Catholic thing specific. Oh, does she? I didn't I didn't yeah, see it. She does. Okay, then he he might then he he might just be that type of person who like he's just so much in love with his partner where he'll do anything for them. So, um, but that's just like their love life. I think that we're talking about or their social life. I as far as like the secrets that'll probably get resolved with the government. The government's going to be like, yeah, it was, they'll probably find out the truth. And it's like, just don't cause any more trouble type of thing. And like, a yeah, well, they've, they were in that already. Um, kind of, cause they couldn't tell anybody about what the, what happened. And they were like, Oh, it's not disclosures. And, they're in an unofficial, unofficial, um, witness protection program. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, it's just gonna be it's gonna be more like I guess it's gonna be more understanding between the government and and that. And then this is around the time the Soviet Union fell, so there's gonna be no more threat. Right. Or are they? Right. Right. Okay. So um, I think that's it for Stranger Things. You can follow the podcast at T E A Podcast um on twitter i believe that's what it is shoot it's been so long um so a small announcement i don't know if we're back for good but hopefully this recorded properly and you get to enjoy this happily extended episode which will hopefully make up for this here six month hiatus of tangent ever after i can't say when we're going to be back regularly again but yeah it'd be it'd be great It'd be it'd be great to be back on. Um, this was this was fun. We got into uh, a lot of other different things that we usually don't get into because we're usually just talking about fitness. But I, I like being able to have this other kind of fear to our relationship. And then I've got other topics we can talk about. We can go back to signing the hedgehog and all that stuff I told you about last week. Oh yeah, and um, I mean September Shadow. Uh, September is National Hispanic Heritage Hispanic Latino Heritage Month. So yes, we're gonna do something for that. We're gonna take advantage of it. Let's do it. Let's go. I like that. I didn't. I you know. I. I. And it's not like because I. I live in like a not a heavily like Latino, Mexican, Hispanic area, and so it's not like so. It's not like something that was like kind of like around. So like if I I was around like white people and black people most of my life, and I still still kind of am. So it's like, where are the Latinos? Where are my people? Like, and then like I get to like I didn't know that was a, I didn't know we even had our own Heritage Month until like a couple years ago. But, oh, it's something I've always been aware of, and now it's just like I didn't. When I was, they don't. Young, it's not. It's not as. It's not as a big of a thing. I think like as like as Pride Month or Black History Month. But it's like a. It depends on the community. Like I did not see a big deal about it until I was uh, in my early twenties. It's like oh, okay. See, I really do understand the importance of this. Heck yeah, I like this month. Like, cause like even like brands are not putting up that type of thing for us. Like they do it for like Black History Month. They'll do it for Pride Month. They'll change like their logos. But for us, like, what like do they make it brown or what? <laughs> no? I would like that though. We will talk about that in September. Um, any where can they find you, Arturo? So you can find me on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, basically any social media website besides LinkedIn. Uh, basically, any social media website at Mexican Trainer. That's me. Good I mean, to see you. 
and you can see you without my eyes because I can't see you right now. Right, and you can find Tangent Ever After on Anchor, on iTunes, on um, Pocket Casts, and anywhere that you can find podcasts except for Form Spring because uh, have a good night. Hope this recording. Bye. Bye.